Hello and welcome to the 250, your weekly podcast looking at these top 250 movies of all time, and also sometimes the bottom 100. This week, to celebrate the launch of the FIFA World Cup 2018 in Russia, we've, sat and we've assembled a special panel to discuss a movie that is very relevant to the topic at hand. I'm Darren. And I'm Andrew. And I'm Chris. And I'm Babu. And this week we're talking about the 2014 classic, <laughs> classic... <laughs> United Passions, the movie that explores the history of FIFA from its inception in 1904 straight through its first 100 years through to the announcement of the World Cup in South Africa in 2004. It is 2010. A- oh, apologies. Yes, the, but mm. the announcement was in 2004. So that's. But yes, yes, it is. It's basically it's a history of the Federation International Football <laughs> Association and what it means in terms of bringing football away from the stuffy, upper-crust establishment represented by the British people who codified the first 13 rules, and levelling the playing field so that anybody can play. Women, people who are not white, people who are involved in massive corruption scandals. There's no judgment here. It's above politics. Yeah. yeah. It's about yeah. people. It's, it is about people. Yeah, as they and say it, themselves. But yeah, so thank you for joining us, guys, for this podcast. We should note from the outset that this is not a movie that's currently listed on the top 250. It is instead ranked at number 54 on the IMP's infamous bottom 100 movies of all time. So, so uh, if you're the bottom one, is that the worst film? That is, is yes. Okay. Well, some, by, by some estimations, this <laughs> movie that we just watched is the worst movie of, of, of all time. Um, so, but I suppose it's a matter of opinion. Um, as, as all things tend to be. Well, certain... there's a lot of merit in argument. <laughs> but what is the bottom one? One, by the way, the bottom one at the moment, I think, is Project Cause, which is a Turkish propaganda film. It was until recently Saving Christmas, which is Kirk Cameron, his action movie in the style of Jingle All the Way, but with a healthy Christian message about saving the holiday from PC liberals. Um, there, there is a lot of representation of political kind of propaganda movies on the bottom 100. We, we should be clear, actually. The last time myself and Andrew did a movie from the bottom 100 list, it was Crimea, which was the Russian propaganda epic about Russia's intervention in Crimea in order to preserve and mm. protect democracy from those people who would take it away. And the heavy-handed decision that they made to go in mm-hmm. there. I mean, the, you they say were intervention, really... I say salvation. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, so good of them. It, it really was. <laughs> that guy's there, so generous. Yeah, I mean, it's it's incredible, and the world doesn't know that. And I feel like this is one of the values of modern cinema. It means that projects like Crimea and dare I say it, like United Passions, <laughs> can allow people to sidestep the awkward narrative that exists through journalists and through. Law I enforcement. I don't know if the listeners can can gather this, but but Darren is dripping with irony. <laughs> um, just in case you didn't um, yeah. didn't get that. But yeah, so basically, There's a lot of air quotes going on as well. A yeah. lot of air quotes. Yeah. Uh, listeners can't see that, but yeah, bit of context for United Passions. Just before we delve into talking about it, this was released in 2014, around the time of the last World Cup. It was also released the same weekend that Seth Blatter was arrested for massive counts of corruption on behalf of FIFA. As a result, it's been suggested that this may have contributed to the movie's lackluster box office uh, reception 
and its lackluster sort of performance with critics to the point where it earned only $608 at the U.S. box office <laughs> in its opening weekend. To give you an example, the average listenership of our podcast is larger than the attendance <laughs> of United Passions in its opening weekend. We may in, even pass its total at the U.S. box office of, I think, $988. I think it was in Los Angeles it made $9. <laughs> so one, one person went to see this. That, that weekend. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it may have been a... <laughs> while on bail. <laughs> Is it true that it did It did a little bit better in, in some other um, uh, territories? Like, I think it did better in Russia. It did phenomenally well in Russia. Yeah. To the point where... Wow. Trying to procure a copy of this movie for us to, to watch and discuss today was a bit of an effort, like a lot of the bottom 100 can be. Um, we, did, was... we didn't have to go to the efforts that we did with Crimea. <laughs> no, we didn't. There were no ads for data mining <laughs> or casinos. And no Google Translate subtitles underneath a Russian dub. Although, interestingly enough, the, the version, this is most readily available in a Russian dub. It performed very well in Russia. Mm. And if, if I were like some sort of weird Irish sporting journalist who was unhealthily skeptical about FIFA's business practices, part of me would wonder if the success of United Passions four years ago in Russia was perhaps in some way maybe related to the fact that the current World Cup is taking place in, in Russia. How dare you? <laughs> How dare I insinuate so? I, I do like the idea of, if the, of like United Passions existing possibly as some sort of gigantic money laundering operation. Have you learned nothing from the film, Darren? It's, <laughs> it's completely not that at all. That's, it's about people. It is, yeah. It's above politics, really. But yeah, so I had never seen this before. Um, I nor, assume... Nor had I. No. I heard you and your uh, friends talking about it on Scanon. Yeah. But I assumed that maybe some of you had seen it. Uh, yeah, I think Jay might have occasionally, but I think Phil might have as well. But yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I had never seen this. I never like take a punchline. Yes, it is a punchline. <laughs> well, I mean, come on, when your box office returns are $608 in your opening weekend at $988 in your total theatrical run, you do become a bit of a punchline. <laughs> and, like, the sensational timing of the release as well. Because this, this is a movie that's not exactly subtle in its, its messaging. It's a movie mm. about how FIFA is above politics, how it's above corruption. In mm. particular, it's an ode to the it's bureaucrats. It's also rife with corruption. <laughs> and, As for the movie, which yeah. is an interesting choice. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the hero of the movie is Seth Blatter, who's introduced <laughs> as a character who's like a new sheriff in town going to clean up the operations. And the movie's bookend is not the closing shot of Tim Roth's CGI into footage of Nelson Mandela holding the World Cup and everyone going, wow, isn't football great? The epilogue of the movie is Seth Blatter getting his apartment raided by law enforcement and being escorted out in handcuffs, even if you don't see that in the theatre and in theatrical release mm. version. A more apt ending, I feel. <laughs> yeah, much more appropriate. That would have that been hilarious. <laughs> if they actually, like, if the, you know the way that... It would have been, like, the end of Blazing Saddles. <laughs> like, all of a sudden, like, the the set of the movie is... <laughs> Dismantled. Yeah. Or is it, like, uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, as I said? Yes, what yeah, where the police come in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I should confess, I am, of the three people here on the podcast, I'm probably the least informed about football. I understand that the World Cup is taking place this year in Russia, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I understand that there have been some allegations of impropriety. Yes. Yes. And there has also been impropriety. <laughs> <laughs> Just so we're clear on this. Yeah. So, um, how do people feel about... Because I I get excited about the, the, the World Cup. There were um, protests in um, 
prior to the 2014 World Cup in in Brazil, um, and they're also protesting the um, the Olympics being there because the country had um, suffered so um, drastically. Yet we're still paying for this white elephant when so many when so many people um, had to do without. Um, but the, the, this um, uh, Russian World Cup, it feels like, in spite of its context, is kind of approached sort of quietly. Legitimacy. I don't. It, it, it's coming up, and I need to make a decision. Am I going to watch this? I believe I am. Yeah. And it might be thanks to Babu. Um, <laughs> Babu, the, the resident FIFA uh, representative on this podcast. <laughs> well, the film is called United Passions. Yes. Mm. And we are united in our passion for football. That is mm. true. Mm. Aside from Darren here, who <laughs> who, who vetoed the, the, the so the, a lot of this movie is is it's not a, just about the uh, Federación Internacional Football Association. It's also about the World Cup, um, a championship on uh, football ba- based on uh, values of. Um, of stuff, of stuff, yeah. togetherness, and equality, and, and integrity. And, and, and I've encouraged Andrew to come along because I have no friends who are interested in football. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, and then Chris is going to become one of my friends, temporary. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> For yeah, the duration, yeah. Of no, it's going to be temporary. Yeah. It's like it's like football, like the trial period before we think about trial signing contracts and, and possibly, you know, yeah. if it goes well, yeah, then we'll be watching Championship football because West Bromwich <laughs> Albion have been relegated. Not that I'm bitter, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah. No, I, I think the um, the interesting thing about the this World Cup is that um, it's not the politics. Uh, that it seemed to have overshadowed it. It's not the, uh, if you like, the possibility of losing money or any of that. It's more the strange idea uh, or the conception that basically there's a load of Russian people who are training in forests to actually fight British fans when they come over. Mm. I've that, heard that, yeah. That's, that's a... you know, kind of strange. So they're, they're actually training in forests and by the way, not as law enforcement, not to be clear. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no. It's not like law enforcement are running drills. Like, you make it sound very official. Yeah. And, and the, the Pu- Putin... encouraged uh, them. Yeah. Because not only do they have the, the best sex workers in the world, but also the best hooligans. Yeah. And, <laughs> and they're, they're going to have national pride. Yeah. 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 Work hard, play hard, aren't you? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and apparently the Kremlin have in the past uh, hired these ultras as um, for whatever reason. And well, they, they export them to international matches and stuff. Like Russia is very proud of its tradition of, of causing trouble, right? Yeah. At, at these matches. Mm. Well, in the last... Uh, the Darren's last... very good at euphemisms on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they, they... Yeah, sorry. The last... No, the, the last um, the last major championship where a couple of hundred ultra fans went over and they had a big fight with the the English fans and in twenty sixteen I believe so yeah and the um, the Russian sports minister was saying well done keep the the good work up and in in, in the twenty twelve um, Euros in Poland and Ukraine uh, the Russian fans <laughs> arrived on mass and un- unfurled a gigantic banner saying. This is Russia. <laughs> Russia yeah, I love, now, that, I love that Russian trolls aren't just in cyberspace. Yeah. <laughs> there were, there was, uh, the uh, tra- tragic thing was like the amount of racism in in football, um, especially in certain federations, including yeah. Russia. 
and there were these uh, tiny uh, fines imposed upon them. The largest fine was for the Dutch fans who had um, some guerrilla marketing and also Nicholas Bentner who who revealed um, a Paddy Power pair of underpants <laughs> after he had scored a goal. So that, that, that's more serious than than um, breaking sponsorship. Yeah. yeah, breaking sponsorship is 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 yeah because um, Sepp Blatter is good at finding money. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great line. That was a really great line. Like, United Passions is full of lines that are like enriched by yeah. the context of, yeah. of the movie. In particular, the weird sort of the attitude the film has towards corruption. As like it's not even like corruption is something you do heavy heartedly like you know it's a necessity in order for the, this operation to function yeah. at the size and scale of it like it's not like this is the Godfather where these are people who are doing horrible things for what they perceive to be the greater good yeah. no no the movie just embraces it the movie's well, like this is just the way this is the way it is these are heroes why just, would you question it despite many references to the family and you know <laughs> yeah. welcome to the family kiss on the cheek yeah. you know I'm just I'm not saying that I'd have you killed if you fail <laughs> but. I'd have you killed if you fail. I know people. Yeah. Yeah. So you've, you've, you've risen very quickly, but to a fall just as quickly. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> nothing, nothing inappropriate or awkward in this. Although, that's it. I do think the issue with the Russian World Cup is that it's been mm. somewhat overshadowed by the fact that, like, 2022 is taking place in Abu Dhabi, mm. which is somehow well. even more corrupt, mm. uh, and somehow even more, like, questionable and somehow even more... Borderline evil. Yeah. Like there are stories about pe- workers obviously dying on mass building hundreds, stadiums. By hundreds, the hundreds, yeah. Like I th- it's probably more than five hundred now. Yeah, workers, two thousand or Slave labor as well. Like people coming, having their passports confiscated, being forced to work. Oh yeah, no, uh, it, it it is slave labor. Mm, yeah, mm. and this is before you get to the question of how the hell people are supposed to play football in weather where it would be difficult to sunbathe. Yeah. This we'll have to play at Qatar. Christmas. The stadiums that were built in Qatar that have led to mass murder. Yeah. yeah. And you wonder yeah. how many how, how many deaths are caused when they're not building stadiums. Yeah. Just, yeah. Um, the fact that they won the, uh, the right to stage the World Cup when everybody knew that nobody's going to be able to play in that temperature. Mm. Yeah. So mm. that seemed a bit odd. So Yeah. I, I don't even know what the resolution of that was are they going to play it in the winter or just i think they did change uh some of the schedules because they realized well hold on a second this can't possibly happen Mm. and um i think it became apparent that they had somehow managed to get (laughs) the world cup when they shouldn't have are you suggesting that there was some sort of breach of integrity, Babu? <laughs> Back to the United Passions. <laughs> Sponsored by uh, uh, FIFA. Well, you know that the corporation of FIFA. FIFA contributed eighty percent of the budget to United Passions. They got final say on the script, as you might imagine, for a, uh, when they contribute eighty percent of the budget. Uh, the director, um, who's actually like he's he's Frederick Aubertin. Uh, I apologize for the pronunciation there. But he's an actual director. Um, <laughs> like he's he's not just a guy who basically wandered off the street and got paid amount of money to point the camera at things. He's done stuff like he contributed to Paris Chetem, for example, uh, oh, recently. Really? He's he's a he's a respected French director, mm. and he wrote the script in four weeks. Now he's he's come out since and said that he regrets making the movie, that he thinks it was a terrible mistake. 
that his original draft of the script was a lot more direct in tackling themes of like corruption and moral decay, but that didn't quite make it through into the final product. <laughs> Tim Roth has come out since and said that while he's never watched the film, he's very grateful for it putting his kids through college. <laughs> Jared Depardieu, interestingly enough, is sticking to his guns. Apparently, the president of surprising Cannes, no one. <laughs> <laughs> the president of Cannes recalls a very vocal argument with Jared Depardieu in 2014, where Depardieu refused to accept that Cannes would not film, would not screen this in competition. And this would be the man that then took Russian citizenship mm. uh, yes. some years later. Yeah. Definitely doesn't have questionable morals about, you know, <laughs> what is good and what is... Where, the, where his shite. money comes from. Yeah. Where the next World Cup is actually... It taking place. Taking place, so... Yeah, make oh, the yeah, connections he's, 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 he's quite wedded to this kind of, Little bit of football world. Yeah. So what do we make of United Passions, actually, guys? Having actually sat down and watched it, what were your takeaways from it, just at a very rough level, before we jump into talking about in a bit more depth? I couldn't work out whether it was... Because you guys were laughing in the background, so... I'm I'd sorry, never, <laughs> I'd never seen the film before, and I didn't know anything about it. I didn't watch any trailers, so I was thinking, ah, oh, maybe it's a serious film. Because, actually, the opening sequences suggest there was a lot of money. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but generally, crappy films... Uh, tend not to have a large budget, but this one did mm. seem to have a large budget. And it's, it has that um, sheen of an expansive-looking movie. Well, it has like it has a great cast, it has a good director, exactly. it's got a lot of green screen, but it's got a lot of integration of people mm. into like historical footage and stuff it's like that. It's great. That, like, we, uh, we, we watched... Um... We may we may be doing uh, Forrest Gump at some point, oh. and the, the the digital insertion in that is is, it's is very primitive. But yeah, obviously it but was this this is great. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is really good digital insertion. I, part of me would love if at some of the later meetings they have, because one of the recurring motifs of the film, and it doesn't spoil anything, is that FIFA is constantly running out of money. And what a, part of me would have loved that if at one of those meetings they said, well, maybe you shouldn't have bankrolled this gigantic vanity project. Because, uh, like, let's be clear, this is an absolute vanity project. There's a moment early in the film where you're introduced to the character played by Fisher Stevens. And he's, write, he's introduced writing a note asking other football federations to join him to come together in the dream of something bigger. And at the end, there's this really odd moment where the music swells and he gets down the bottom, he signs his name, Carl, full stop. <laughs> Anton, full stop. Hitchman. And it's like. Hirschman. Hirschman, yes. And there's a moment as if the film expects you to recognize the name, clap the air, point at the screen, and go, there, there's Carly. That's the birth of football right yeah, there. This is such, that's such a Hirschman move. I think probably what really happened there was that it's the first time he'd read the script, so he's like struggling <laughs> over the words, like, Carl, yeah, yeah, and then the rest. Yeah. But, uh, it, and it is, and even the closing credits, which are played over this wonderful poppy music, which I'm sure will work into the episode somehow, yeah. but they have these vanity shots of the, the actors playing the characters, like, in the most remarkable, like, casual way, as if to say, see, there are people too. So, here's Sam Neill fishing. <laughs> here's, here's Tim Roth driving a car. Um, how casual this is. It's a really strange yeah. movie, because it's, it's a movie essentially about middle management and how great middle management is <laughs> to the point where like there are scenes of them reading newspapers about really horrible things happening and the movie's like oh my god how are middle management going to react <laughs> to these horrible things that are happening all the way across the world I think all those conversations are in offices yeah there's like there's no you know, like external shots or you know like <laughs> on the side of a field watching a game it's like no no we're in, we're in a stuffy office <laughs> <laughs> talking about World War 2 and the yeah. atrocities like that a take PowerPoint place. Pres- 
invention <laughs> at some point. Yeah. My, favorite, my favorite, yeah, that's a moment where, like, during Seth Blatter's big talk about how he's the new sheriff in town, how there's going to be no more corruption, how he's going to unite the world together, behind him there's a giant PowerPoint presentation reading FIFA marketing presentation 1998. Yeah. Yeah. Like, a moment of great drama is an EGM <laughs> of, of the association. The, oh, uh, the best bit as well is when he's, uh, um, again, not to spoil the plot, but when he's, he's, he's re-elected president at the end of the film, then there's a sweeping, you know, pull-out, zoom-out of the camera, and it's just a room, conference room of a hotel of people standing up and <laughs> Like, wow, the spectacle was on. on <laughs> Some people are like, with coffee, it's like, uh, should we move this? Um, yeah, just um, walking by going, uh, what's, what, what's happening? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, um, I'm mainly here for the cosplaying. Yeah. <laughs> taking place in Baldwin. No, meeting room two, yeah. mate, sorry. Yeah, what did you think of the movie, Chris? Oh, I thought it was excellent, like, so bad it was good. The thing that was the nagging me throughout the whole film, I'd heard about it by reputation only, like, Tim Roth playing Seb Blatter was, was <laughs> hilarious. And um, But the thing that struck me most was, throughout the whole film, it reminded me of those, prior to any World Cup or European Championship, you know, like, kind of the, the big Lager sponsors would kind of put out this kind of, like, five, ten minute advertising yes. film. Like of kind of some story related oh, to how Carlsberg came to America yeah. and defeated racism. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, was, it was like it was like a feature length version of one of those. <laughs> it's just like you know with the, the the glossy production values and the you know the very strong messaging about how football will unite us all. There's a real hard on for the UN in the movie. <laughs> I really noticed. Like there, several... there, there, there are a number of villains in this movie. <laughs> Um, but the United Nations, they, like FIFA, seems to have a real yeah. sort of like a really aggressive like. If you can get a dig in at the United Nations, you take it. There's a moment where like one of the one of the presidents is like, "We have done more for world peace than any United Nations resolution." Yeah, there's a moment like we, oh, yeah. we have more we member have more. nations than the United Nations. Yeah, there's a real sort of like take that Kofi Annan <laughs> um, sort of attitude to it that's really disconcerting. Oh. It's it's like propaganda, but it's really insecure propaganda. Oh yeah, we did yeah. more for Africa than Kofi Annan. <laughs> we did more for South Korea than Ban Ki Moon. Um, uh, Truly, we are the unspoken heroes of history. It's astounding. It's it's staggering to behold. It's it's just it's. Yeah. yeah, I I I agree with you, Chris. I I really liked this an awful lot. It, it was it, it was great, and for for a lot of reasons, like it 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 was very funny because of the the the, the context of it, because it's so self-aggrandizing, <laughs> considering kind of everything we know about FIFA. And 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 I I guess to to step away from cynicism for a second, it, it like FIFA do try to stand for for very kind of uh, va- valuable ideals of mm. of kind of inclusion and respect and um, races and um, genders mm. um, all kind of uh, together uh, playing football all over the world. And that's very laudable, and 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 it, and it does get it across to this movie. It's just it uh, it's it's just the kind of disconnect between that and and the the shady 
um, underbelly of, of FIFA makes it a bit difficult to swallow. Mm. Um, and the it's, and it's more the, the like the sheer level of like self-aggrandizement that's tied into that sort of philosophical yeah. like because I, I understand the appeal of football. It's the idea is that you you leave everything else, you go on the pitch, you yeah. have fun, you play, and in that way, like it's it's a connection between people that extends beyond patriotism, beyond nations, beyond ideology. Right? Yeah. I understand it's a wonderful well, idea. The, the issue with this movie is that it weds that to the concept of like. How awesome is this particular federation <laughs> set of rules and regulations? As Chris pointed out, it's a movie that has a spectacular budget and amazing cast where most of the meetings, ta- most of the scenes take place in boardrooms <laughs> or offices. Like, there's a surprisingly low amount of football in this yeah. movie. The thing that I really object to in this movie is the whole kind of point of football being something that is above politics. Mm. What they're trying, to, um, the point that they're trying to make there is. Football is, should be about politics for all of you people consuming it. It is nothing but politics for us, um, and and we're 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 willing to to basically um, to to host a World Cup in Russia for political reasons, but we don't want you to balk at it for political reasons. <laughs> we're going to do it in Qatar for political or financial reasons. But you're you're not allowed to get upset about that. And the the history of football kind of the players now don't have the same sort of political conscience that 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 um I suppose they did in the past. I mean some some people have said that uh Johan Cruyff's decision not to play at nineteen seventy eight was more down to personal reasons. But the reason given at the time was because of the um dictatorship in in Argentina at the time, and now the the Netherlands played Argentina at the final, and their best player wasn't there. Mm. That's a big um, mm. decision uh, to 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 boycott a World Cup when you're perhaps the world's best player, mm. Mm. Um, and that would never happen um, today. today. Yeah. Well, to to be clear. Like, one of the things that I like about that sequence involving, like, Argentina is the moment where, like, it opens with Sam Neill's character having a conversation on the phone about how he won't budge about apartheid because he's so principled and he's so moral. And even though people say that football shouldn't be about politics, there are some lines in the sand that you must draw. And then it leads to a sequence where he has a conversation with Seth Blatter in the same room where they're staring out over a beach and Seth Blatter's like, well, you know, people are disappearing in Argentina. Like, this is a pretty hot political situation. The sponsors are nervous. <laughs> whoa, 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 what? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, never mind the human rights stuff. It's like, that's that's the brass tacks here. That's what we're getting down to here. It's, yeah, there's something well, yeah. very disconcerting about that. Like, the movie... The movie doesn't seem to even, like... There's a weird cognitive, cognitive cognizant dissonance. Cognitive dissonance about mm, it. Where mm. the movie's like... The movie seems unaware of how like borderline sociopathic it seems like it's like why wouldn't people care about the sponsors being nervous that's a big deal here it's like if we want to do something for the people of argentina we'll give them a ball and call it the tango (laughs) (laughs) and that like that's something for them to get behind (laughs) because the tango is an argentinian thing and adidas are gonna give this to us Um, i wonder whether whether that script deliberately if you wrote it in for like because we watch football and we know a little bit about it i wonder whether the script is so bad that it's almost intentional that you see the the references like the guy that there's one scene in the film where 
Well, Adidas don't have too much in the way of liquid assets, but we do have this. And the guy opens a boot, <laughs> yeah. and there's loads of boxes Merch. of Adidas yeah. <laughs> merchandising. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's, that's an amazing yeah, sequence. That's I, incredible. Because yeah. it's like it's literally it's like Tim Roth, who looks like at that point in the movie, he looks like if you touched him, he'd be sticky. Um, <laughs> but he's meeting with the head of the head of Adidas in a car park, <laughs> like in a gas station, um, where he's got a giant I, trench coat on, yeah. as if like afraid somebody will recognize him taking this meeting, like in this you know public. The low, you know, low profile area, and you're out. As you point out, he wanders over. He says, "We don't have much in this in the space of money, but we do have." And he opens the boot, yeah, and like it's the which, suitcase, which represents a bunny. Oh, amazing! Yeah, <laughs> it's like, I can't believe it wasn't glowing when you opened it. It's like you missed a trick there, for God's sake. But there's all, all sorts of like. Uh, on the one hand, there's um, basically it's a film about football, and then the the idea that the federation unites the world in playing a game, and it doesn't matter. What nationality, what creed, what colour, anything. Well, that's one message. And then it has all these, as we've mentioned earlier, all these mm. kind of gangster overtones. <laughs> the the yeah. family, the people meeting in car parks. And yeah. The trench coat. You know, he's really good at finding money. And yeah. Just lines. And you know, you wonder, like, did he mean that? Or was that a joke? It seems almost self-aware. Yeah. He's really good at finding money. And where wink, did wink. the money go? Nobody tells you in the whole of the film. But yeah. There are no corruption. Because happen. it's not important, by the way. Stop asking. There's all these kind of references. So it is kind of like, I don't know whether the, the director made it so bad with a view that it would actually become a cult hit. Mm. And I, then people would look at it and go, yeah, I know that. That's the reason why. And that's Because <laughs> every single World Cup so far, the last cup, even there was um, a, a thing with. Um, Michel Platini, and uh, I, I think he was meeting the people from, uh, you know, for France to hold the World Cup, I think. Yeah. And he, uh, you know, Michel Platini got a, a gift from Sarkozy, the the then president Frank, of, yeah. uh, of like a, a rather large, nice watch. Yeah. <laughs> worth thousands and thousands of well, the, the and, nice And that was the only, the gift of introducing the FIFA representatives to... Nicholas Sarkozy, and remarkably, France hosted the World Cup. What are yeah. the odds? Yeah. What are the, the odds? Putin, you know, nice had thing. a nice little conversation. What are the odds? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Russia, and all the way through, there's all these elements of corruption. Yeah, oh, where yeah. people well, won the World Cup. I mean, even in this, well, the, 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 the Uruguay, yeah. the, the implication is that Uruguay secured the World Cup mm. through uh, questionable means, because it's like, we should have a meeting where the Uruguay representative suggests it would be really good to have a World Cup. Who will host the first yeah. World Cup? Uruguay. Yeah. <laughs> what we'll, are the odds? We'll, we'll pay for it all, um, and we'll win the um, competition, and, and we'll also win the vote to host the competition. But yeah. The, um, the interesting and, thing, sorry to interrupt, yeah. but the interesting thing, and this was a... You know, almost like a, a, a um, an idea of what is to come is that the guy has a conversation with him and he goes, we'll give you the money to, and we'll, you know, create the stadiums and all that. And then they have a scene where they're, they're kind of saying, and the next World Cup will oh, yeah. be hosted by, and they open an envelope, Uruguay. You know, yeah. yeah, and it's kind of like, and and then you have a scene later on well, where that's what's happened for the rest <laughs> yeah. of the hundred years. Of yeah, the, yeah, the gap. Like, I can thought, only imagine so. When I was watching that scene, I thought like it's like I knew you know the history of the recent history of FIFA and the corruption and stuff. It's like, 
Oh, it goes all the way back to the start. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I need to recalibrate my history here. They're not. They're not shy about the corruption yeah. either. It's fairly clear that that um, he's like, oh, but it, it's totally okay because he. Number one, he's in a bind. <laughs> <laughs> no, number two, the great thing about FIFA is they're a global organization, mm. so they don't believe in the. Um, hegemony of um western kind of um uh judgments of uh mm. with regards to kind of corruption and bribery mm. they're the, just labels man. yeah exactly <laughs> the, the, for the listeners i too don't know what he's talking about when he said hegemony. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know either so i'll have they, to check it they, on google they afterwards. don't they don't they don't believe in imposing um, moral values yeah yeah because because it's it's part of the culture of these nations that they give um, large inducements to. to, to Hold on, okay, we may we may have branched here, Andrew. I, I don't I don't think it's part of the culture of particular nations to bribe. I feel like you know bribery well, like, is a universal. No, like, yeah. yeah, but in in the, this the, this has been used as a um, um, as an argument um, among um, cultural relativists when they're talking about. Doing business in the Middle East, for example. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Cultural elements are like bribery. It's just part of the culture. It would be rude to, uh, to refuse to the refuse. large pile of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, um, and the, the views of Andrew are not relevant <laughs> yeah. of the yeah. other people on the panel, just to let you know. <laughs> yeah, so, F- so when the FIFA are, are, are above morals. <laughs> They have no time for your petty labels. <laughs> but I feel like we should, we've, we've talked about it generally. We'll move into talking the sport zone in a moment. But I guess there won't three, be any spoilers because it's a history. It is but, a history. But uh, just before we jump in, I guess the only real questions to ask are, do you think that this belongs on the list of the bottom 100 movies of all time? Is this among the worst 100 movies that you've ever seen? And would you recommend that people watch it? So, Babu. It's interesting how you always ask me a question just as I've just eaten something. <laughs> Chris, do you want to jump in? Okay, I'll take it. Uh, uh, my answer is to yes to all three. I think it was awful, but in I had an amazing time watching it, though. So, like, I would definitely recommend people to watch it. It does belong in the bottom 100, and it is definitely one of the worst films I've ever seen. I don't think it's that bad. I think it's quite... Um, it's a film that's had a lot of money. So visually, you can enjoy it because it has a good budget. Uh, Tim Roth probably had a great time because he's always jumping on and off planes. That's all you see. So <laughs> It has a literal corruption montage. <laughs> yeah, and I wonder whether the guy who wrote the script couldn't get away with most of what he was saying, what he wanted to say directly. <laughs> so he had to sort of... Because it, it, was, it was the money came from FIFA. Yeah. So, so I think he must have... Said it in it like how can you say about a character who is well known for you know kind of taking brown envelopes and having a rather large bank account or nobody knows where the money comes from and they say one of the other characters says about him he's good at finding money yeah. I mm. mean that that in that kind of, that's very there's got to be a message there he's the director must be saying you don't write that in about somebody who's <laughs> Definitely being accused of 
you know, numerous times of corruption. He's middle management. He's very good at being middle management. So I, I, also, I also like the bit before that where he's like, our accounts are disastrous. <laughs> <laughs> we need funds, so find them. Um, like, <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. yeah. Yep. So that I can make them disappear again. <laughs> <laughs> I need to extend my villa in Rio. <laughs> the guy that uh, Seth Blackman takes over from, even he says at one point, I, I, I don't want to be disturbed in, in my retirement. Yeah. As if to say, I've robbed a load of money. Uh, leave me alone. Yeah, yeah. Just so That's, you understand how this trade is working. You get to be president and I don't go to prison. Yeah. So I don't think it's as bad as... I, I think that the director must have thought, yeah... You know, I mean, some of the lines of the script is terrible in other ways because obviously he wrote it in four weeks. Um, yeah, you know, but th- there are bits of it. I think. Ah, you know. I, I, I kind of, I, I, I agree with you both to an extent. I do think it should be on the bottom one hundred, but I don't think it deserves to be on the bottom one hundred. I'm glad it is <laughs> because <laughs> they, it means we got they, to watch because it. it means we got to watch it exactly. And I think other people should. Um, I, I, bottom 100 is probably generally a list of movies that you shouldn't watch. <laughs> I, I would recommend, oh, yeah. I would recommend people watch this. So many movies on the list what? are really boring. Well, this, and, is thing, uh, this is the thing that Andrew and I have found. When we initially set out to the podcast, we thought we'd alternate between the top 250 and the bottom 100 because, you know, it'd be fun to mix in some terrible movies. And what we found is that a lot of the really terrible movies that are great fun to watch are not on the bottom 100 because people appreciate them and give them high ratings. So what you're left with is stuff that is actually really boring to watch and really difficult to talk about. That's why I think we've only done like five or six of these episodes today. Mostly they're on the bottom 100 because, yes, they're bad, but also like there's there's like a political reason for, for why they're there. Yeah. Mm. With the exception so far of Lawnmower Man 2. Yeah. Although, <laughs> although, although that had some weird politics also. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it's safe to say that, yeah, like United Passions isn't just on the list because it's bad it's on the list because of everything else that happened around it can you so I'm inclined to kind of agree with with Babu too that I I think that in like I feel like certainly at a certain point at the introduction of Sepp Blatter (laughs) This becomes this great movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I thought, I thought Seth Blatter, like, cause the, yeah, I suppose we'll talk about it more on the other side, but that, they, the, the movie was laughably bad, uh, yeah. kind of up to that point. And, um, and I and think after that, it became something amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I, I think Tim, Tim Roth has never seen it. I, I would like to think that he might, watch it and in, enjoy it and appreciate. and appreciate the job he did yeah because <laughs> there there is there is there's there's stuff he, he does with that character and like where it starts and where where it ends up that that i really uh, appreciate yeah. yeah well i think the, the only thing is like he's playing i can understand why he didn't watch it because obviously he must have looked at the script and thought and then looked at all the news surrounding the character that he's playing and realised the two were completely different and then he probably th- looked at the paycheck that he was getting <laughs> and thought you know what Never well, that's mind. exactly oh, what I'll happened do this. Yeah. <laughs> let's do this and take the money and it'll probably be no one's going to watch it so it doesn't matter he was right about that <laughs> <laughs> Tim Roth is our greatest mind <laughs> yeah, so that's what he thought well I'll do this money they'll pay me a lot of money uh, I'll do this movie 
pay me a lot of money. No one's going to see. I'm safe. It's not going to destroy my reputation. So no, I don't think it has. I think if anything, it's enriched my respect. Yeah, for him, me too. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I thought it was great. Because, I mean, like, my respect for Fisher Stevens and for Jared Depardieu and for Sam Neill have all been greatly diminished. Mm. <laughs> but somehow coming out of a Tim Roth, who you would imagine would be the actor most likely to be, like, <laughs> smeared by his involvement in this film, has actually been elevated somehow. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it was lied to me before or after this. <laughs> lied to me was during this, I During think. this. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, this is research. This was, yeah. Yeah, this was like... <laughs> You need to get into the mind of somebody who can convincingly lie to himself, yeah. to when, the public, and to everybody else. Yeah, when he saw the paycheck, he just went to his agent and just, just lied to me. Is this, <laughs> should I do this? Yes, you definitely should do this. Will this be a good movie? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay, so with that in mind, then we'll jump neatly to the sports. What about yourself, Darren? I would agree with pretty much everything that's been said already. I think one of the issues with the bottom 100 is that a lot of the movies aren't bad fun movies because i mean like mm. there are really fun bad movies out there that are just great to watch and sort of like which are terrible like by any objective measure like i watched china salesman um during the week which is steven seagal and mike tyson in a china funded movie about a chinese salesman who goes to africa to do it to release a telecommunications contract in the middle of what seems to be the rwandan genocide and only he can bring peace to this troubled nation if only the creepy western powers which are played by what seems to be some hair gel that became sentient through reading the work of Ayn Rand won't stand in his way. And that is an amazing movie, a terrible movie, not only because it features Mike Tyson delivering the line, try to make me drink pee, you drink pee, smack. Um, but it's bad in a way that's one of great Mike fun. Tyson's great lines. Yeah, one I, of those... I, I watched him yesterday evening. Has anyone ever seen the video of Mike Tyson after a fight that he's lost? And the person goes, what happened, Mike? And he's like, I broke my back. <laughs> and he's like, what, you, you was something wrong with your back? Yeah, I broke it. Spinal. <laughs> it's <What>? amazing. <laughs> but... Um, so yeah, that that's like a bad movie that's great because it's so terrible, but so few of those are on the bottom 100 because mm. like, people will vote that movie up because it's so terrible. Mm. So we end up with a lot of movies that are just dull and boring. <laughs> this was kind of dull and boring for the first two thirds, yeah. but I think as Andrew pointed out, it becomes like transcendental in the final yeah. third. Yeah. Definitely. It moves beyond my capacity to express in words what it's doing. <laughs> it, stop, is, it stops being that Budweiser ad. Yeah. Uh, at the point yeah. when... Um, and it uh, becomes like an adult swim show or something like that. It yeah. becomes like a drunk history or something. Um, but just, is that because we know what happened to Blatter? Yeah. But is yeah, it? it's it's like watching The Wolf of Wall Street or like um, uh, Wall Street or, or, or one of these kind of like... Um, but it's, an edit. it's like watching an edit of The Wolf of Wall Street that was yeah. by Jordan Brewster and yeah. Jordan himself. Or Jordan, yeah. What's his name? Jordan Bel... Belfort? Jordan Bel- Belfort? Jordan Belfort. Cut by that himself while he was so coked up that he couldn't get all of the references, but he just cut the ending where he gets his comeuppance. I don't know. I feel, I feel like there is... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm being very uh, generous, but I think there is uh, some sort of, like, um, sat- satirical <laughs> kind of uh, thread mm. somewhere, like, beneath all of the propaganda. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think you're right when you say, like, kind of the film definitely just changed tack when... Sabato arrives. Yeah, for, this for is the, the only of podcast that yeah. is cheering the arrival of Sabato. It's like, and Chauncey, like, I think you could say it, it was it's a game of two halves. Oh. Game of two halves. Oh. I don't there think we're go. gonna get better than that. Yeah. So let's go into the spoiler zone. I'll, I'll get my coat. I'll see you there. <laughs> 
So, Chris, Dizison, what is United Passions mm. about for you? For me, well, coming to this film cold a little bit, I thought it was just gonna like revisit the past, you know, five, ten years of FIFA and the Seb Blatter era. But no, it's, it starts way back in 1902, I believe. Oh, okay? four. And um, the, 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 the growing boards of FIFA are, are germinating across Europe, and then we 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 proceed through all the World Cups ever <laughs> to arrive at uh, Seb Blatter's you know coronation, his um, crowning moment, yes. his, his ascendancy when he stands on the same stage mm. as Nelson Mandela, looks at that man and says, "I wish one day that I will be as corrupt as his ex." <laughs> exactly. We, yeah. <laughs> There's a line in it when on, on uh, the first um, election of Avalanche, when the the African delegate says, "I am always pleased with democracy." <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's such a hilarious line. Uh, that's, that's, it, that's that's coming directly after. Now keep in mind, it, it is a Brazilian character, but he's played by Sam Neill. Mm. Sam Neill puts his hand on the shoulder of an African gentleman and says. I have big plans for Africa. Um, there's, a, there's a sense that... Like, and then you cut to like the British people in the corner who are supposedly the evil colonialists in this scenario. There are, def- there are definitely villains in this movie. Um, Uruguay, uh, England, the United Nations... <laughs> Uh, the media. The media oh, is yeah. a big one. Yeah. They're, they're like one they're... And to be clear, this is a movie that features both Adolf Hitler and Mussolini <laughs> as like supporting characters. Uh. So it feels like these are some interesting choices for villains. Yeah. Yeah. Because Italy hosted in um, 34 and won again in 38. And, and won in, 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 in 34 also. So like you have 1930... Where you're 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 Uruguay having kind of um, bosses essentially, <laughs> um, um, pretty much according to the movie, yeah, the bought it from FIFA, yeah. yeah. And, the movie and, doesn't explicitly say it, but it kind of explicitly says yeah. it. Yeah. And then and then like the president of FIFA is saying, "We put it in Italy for propaganda reasons for Mussolini. Shame on you for allowing us to do that." But to be fair, it does also feature the fantastic line, the fascists are the exact opposite of our federation. <laughs> um, like it, it, there's moments in the movie where you can't tell whether they're talking about Except FIFA or, or, yeah. or the federation from Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like the spread of democracy and of values and equality. Because, I mean, you're right when you point out the British are bad guys in this. And so the British bad. are, British are like established as, as yeah. bad guys, like, in the early scenes when all the European nations come together to ask them politely at a football match if they want to join their club. Yeah. Um, and the British are like, well, next thing you know, you'll be letting women and people who are not white play. Um, Wearing monocles and yeah. top hats. Yeah. That was the best bit. The biggest juxtaposition <laughs> in that early yeah. scene was... This big stuffy uh, British guy, monocle top hat, goes to deliver the half-time team talk to his team and g up the lads. It's like, so are you Brian Clough or something? What, like, what, I thought you were meant to be aristocracy <laughs> above all this. It's like the messaging is a bit strange yeah. here. But there's also that, like, there's also even in that scene, there's the weird strong arm moment where somebody in like the polite, very polite, very gentle European delegation, or just being polite and just saying hello, have their little mafia moment where they're like, by the way, if you don't join. 
you'll never be allowed to play football with any of us again. <laughs> um, and it's like, dude, that, that's a bit of a low key threat yeah. for what was supposed to be a friendly conversation. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it went, it went, it went dark very early. Yeah. I think for that. Oh no! You mean the Dutch, <laughs> the Danish, the Belgians? <laughs> Next thing you'll be telling us, the Swiss are involved somehow. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 a movie like, and, and there's this recurring motif that runs throughout the movie about how all FIFA wants in the world is for women and minorities to be able to play football so that yeah. they may exploit them for sponsorship <laughs> reasons. There's a beautiful moment where Seth Blatter and the head of Adidas... And by the way, the head of Adidas is a huge character here, to the point where his death appears in what can only be described yeah. as a corruption montage. Uh, in a very touching scene, yeah. it's like, the death of a major sponsor is the closest that the movie comes He's to like, a genuine emotional beat. It's Horst Dossler's coffin. With his name. Oh! <laughs> No. Now I'm going to have to find new Those sponsors. Stuck him as well. <laughs> and funny enough, that scene where he's just visits his coffin looks like it's in another FIFA boardroom. Your eleven o'clock is with a coffin. So. <laughs> <laughs> we painted the walls black as you uh, requested. But, but even, even then, like the meeting where he's like where they're walking around a football pitch, and in, I think it's in Africa somewhere. Like the, the shot is positioned in such a way as to showcase the fact that they're wearing Adidas shirts, playing with an Adidas football, and at halftime collecting sponsorship provided Coca Cola, <laughs> as if as if the movie is arguing that even the films, like even the sponsorship and rampant corruption of FIFA is like meant to help those disadvantaged people. And I feel like Adidas were like, we're, we're trying to sell these blue and white shirts, so try to push them in the movie. So they make both teams wear the same <laughs> jersey. Because <laughs> they're one family, you know. Exactly. But uh, yeah, so there's a lot of, a lot of that really, really yeah. awkward sort of stuff taking place there. It, like it's, it's, the movie is very much invested in this idea of FIFA as a democratic force, while also being like <laughs> treating like the financial woes of the company as these massive high stakes tragedies. There's a moment like we point a lot about how like there's there's a moment like where the head of Adidas and Seth Blatter are having coffee because apparently the head of Adidas is the only friend that Seth Blatter has in the world. But they're having coffee and Seth Blatter's like, man, the. The accounts, the company accounts were empty. I had to write a personal check for like two hundred thousand dollars in order to pay everybody's salary. First of all, the question is why? Why, why do you have two hundred thousand dollars just lying in your account that you could just like casually write a check for it? Then he goes. Then he continues, and it's like the head of Adidas is like, "But where is the money going?" And Seth Blatter's like, "Oh, I have an idea where it's going." <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's the thing. Like, it never really establishes in a movie. It's highly kind of hinted at that 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 it's Havilland, but because he doesn't really say it, it's equally possible that it's him who's embezzled all the money himself. It's like I need to this this person needs to be protected. Believe me. Uh, it's it's really astounding how the movie like the movie invests so much in this idea. I'm not, it's it's really weird how much the film sort of invests this idea. At one one hand, there's a great moment where like Rene, the, the the president Gerard Depardieu, who comes up with the idea of having the World Cup, which by the way is one of those great like BBC biography moments, biopic moments, where he's like, we must hold an international tournament, and one of the characters, uh, Hirschman, goes. 
He's mad. <laughs> but his colleague says, no, he's a visionary. Um, but like in conversation with the Uruguayan representative, um, you know, Rene has the conversation is, FIFA's poor, but that does not mean that we would sell the one treasure that we possess. Honor. <laughs> Followed immediately by the sequence in which it's implied that Rene took a massive bribe from Uruguay in order to host the first World Cup there. Yeah. There's like this wonderful sort of like sense of, and it's really weird because it's not conflicted. It's not like this corruption is something that we have to do because we're desperate. It's like, no, it's like this corruption is just what we do. There's a scene where he's like, I I will not have our our association associated with Nazi Germany and Mussolini's Italy. And then his daughter is like, Come now, FIFA is about bringing people together, <laughs> regardless of politics. Um, but there's also the moment. There's also the moment where, like, when he's having this moment of crisis, like he's he's talking about how like the Great Depression is ravaging America, how it's going to like it's going to reach across Europe, it's going to devastate the world financially, and how guilty he feels as a person for like FIFA's really extortionate demands from Uruguay, which consists of like building stadiums, growing grass, flying the teams over there at their own costs, uh, giving FIFA a percentage of money off the tickets. Which, by the way, like if anything, the way FIFA works now has like doubled that. FIFA is tax exempt in all of the countries that host the World Cup. All of the profits go to FIFA. All the organization and fu- and fees are paid for by the government, the local, the local governing body. So FIFA doesn't incur any cost whatsoever. <laughs> but there's a moment where his daughter finds him feeling maybe a little bit guilty about this arrangement, and she says, "You're not stealing anything from anyone." <laughs> You have a right to make your dream come true. <laughs> that feels like United Passions in a nutshell. It's like, mm. it doesn't matter how corrupt down. you are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have a right to see your dream come true. Doesn't matter about people starving in so America. So how were the consequences? Yeah. Or World War II raging in the background. You have a right to make your dream come mm. true. Uh, and that's why I wonder whether the director meant some of the things. So it's such an awful movie. Uh, Maybe he meant some of those things to, to. I think so. Convey what's really happening because he couldn't do it. Because it's so incredibly tone deaf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that that it 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 feels like you would have to go to lengths <laughs> to, to, to to reach that level. And the funny thing about this is that the sponsors didn't get um, any sort of like cold feet or realize. What was yeah, happening. they felt like um, Argentina '78 about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like so the sponsors are starting to get wary. <laughs> my personal favorite, my personal favorite, one of my favorite shots in that was like the World Cup 1950 in Brazil. Right, where like this is a movie where in the background of scenes you've had the First World War happen, you've had the Great Depression happen, you've had the Second World War happen, and then in 1950 Brazil loses the World Cup, and you have this montage of a nation crying, being inconsolable, heartbroken, and devastated. And it's really weird because it suggests that the only tragedy that really happened in the first 50 years of the like 20th century was Brazil losing the World Cup. (laughs) No, I, I, I think. I I I thought that it was a weird it was weird the kind of attachment that Rime had to Brazil in the movie and the way mm. Uruguay were villainized and I think that's that's a little bit of uh, FIFA kind of um, 
supporting Brazil a little bit because Brazil is this great kind of product yeah. for them, I guess. Yeah. And market, um, presumably. And Ur- Uruguay are yeah. still the villains of world football. <laughs> <laughs> whether, 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 whether it's... Who, 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 who was it against in 2010 when Luis Suarez handball causing that team to be knocked out? Was, was oh, it... Was it... I can't remember. Was it an African nation? We, we can't recall. But uh, yeah, where 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 Uruguay um, stole the kind of semi final from from um, didn't Suarez bite somebody? And yeah, <laughs> oh, that's, that's right. what I was he going to move to next then, uh, in twenty fourteen. He turned around and go, "We'll have to sell him." Uh, that was oh, the yeah. second time he bit somebody. Uh, so I like that we have to categorize yeah. these things. So he he bit somebody at Liverpool. He bit somebody before he went to Liverpool, and then in the twenty fourteen World Cup, he bit. Um, oh, Chiellini. it was Ghana. It was Ghana. Ghana. Yes. Oh. Oh, by the so way, I'm just. I've, I've, Ghana got, out, I've uh, gone basically. to the sneaky fact machine here. List of 2010 FIFA World Cup controversies <laughs> includes headlines like animal sacrifices. <laughs> okay. All right then. All right. Just half time in the semi circle. Well, there, there, there are apparently. Everyone discussing... remembers the Vuvuzela. Oh, yeah. <laughs> An ox was slaughtered at Johannesburg Soccer Stadium on the 23rd of May. There you go. Which understandably generated a large amount of controversy. So anyway, yeah, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, for for South Africa, that's not like the... the, yeah. the biggest, I, yeah. Yeah. That that's probably wasn't one. the biggest scandal of football in that year. Look, oh, maybe people being kidnapped and yeah. Yeah. killed and stuff like that. But uh, anyway, sorry. You were, you were talking yeah. about Torres. And Argentina. Yeah, no, you're no, you're 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 Uruguay still being the villains, but the way the way the way they're painted in this movie is 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 a, is <laughs> it's 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 a little nuts. Like yeah. the and and like the like, introductory sequence I, where they're holding a press conference announcing how they won the Olympics, and Jared Depardieu <laughs> is sitting in the back heckling them and forcing his way to the podium, and you're supposed to be like, "Yay, go, Jared Depardieu! Show those yeah. stuff you up Uruguayans." You did not beat the French. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you did not beat the English. Yeah, right. didn't. Yeah, like, Dude, you do realize this isn't your press conference. You could yeah. probably just. I haven't finished yet. And not your press conference. <laughs> um, so I don't care if you haven't finished. You shouldn't have started. Yeah. Please start off the stage. Your point is moot. <laughs> um, but yeah, in that scene, like, for a film called United Passions and about it's all about people coming together. It's like your team is, you know, illegitimate. How dare you fly the flag under Uruguay and, you know, you've but, Colombians but, and Bolivians and... Yeah, that, that got me as well. Like... D- I know, like, I don't know much about soccer, but I know that, for example, with the, the Irish team, it's like a grandparent has to be mm. Irish in order to play, yeah. which would imply that we could have any number of foreign, and like people from other countries playing for us as well. I assume that there are similar rules in other nations around the world yeah. as well. Or mm. you can be a resident. Yeah. So, mm. like, the, um, the likes of Diego Costa for, for, for Spain, he's a, he's a Brazilian national, but a um, Spanish resident, I think. Mm. So, so he, qualifies to play for Spain, which he does. And to be clear, no if, no if, problem with that whatsoever. I just mm. find it a bit ironic that like at that moment in time Jeff Rado is like, ah, but you've got foreigners playing for you. <laughs> it's like, dude, yeah, it, as, as Chris kind of off message. As Chris pointed out, yeah, for a, a federation that's supposed to be at bringing people together, bit of class. a dick move. Just gonna let that hang <laughs> there. Um, I was going to say as well, that scene the, the 1950 final scene you were talking yeah. about where Uruguay beat Brazil. I was like, leading up to that, I was like, I couldn't really work out where the scene was going. Yeah. Jepardiola was like despondent, took the cup as if to present it to the winner. I was like, oh, what's going on? It was, Brazil was, was one up at that point, right? Yeah. And then, yeah. And so he was walking the through the tunnel towards, oh, okay. 
was one all, yeah, and then they score in the last minute, and he's walking in the tunnel towards the pitch, and it's like there's always comes like this kind of religious motif of like the light shining down the stairs. It's like, oh, so he's gonna have a heart attack and die, and this is there was going a moment where like, oh. he was in his 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 room like going getting like rope burn from his rosary beads and like looking up at a big crucifix there's a recurring motif throughout the film that like god favors our enterprise like there's there's a moment he's been touched by the divine intervention of jared jeppard jones he's gonna bring football to the world everyone's like crucify him well Well, that's exactly that's that's probably how seth Ladder feels at this moment in time we'll talk talk a little bit about the death match later on but even in that scene there's a moment where one of the characters with a straight face says the line it was as if god himself had laced up his boots there's that moment where Gerard Depardieu is walking through the tunnel towards the light yeah. after being, you know, shot praying to a crucifix hanging there. There's all these sort of weird emphasis. There's the moment where, like, Sam Neill is, is intervening in his children's little game of, of football. It's like, do you think you're God? And his response is, oh, no, 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 no. It's like, oh, am I? <laughs> um, and the films these to be like, well, okay. Um, well, I think that... Uh... I think maybe even the idea behind that is for a lot of people, football is a religion. Yeah, uh, and, yeah. and that's why the yeah. that's maybe it's... yeah the 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 scene with with all of the Brazilians crying about the um, the loss. The, 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 the yeah, that, that's I I think that was uh, appropriate. I, I, I don't think it was inappropriate, um, even though the the movie takes place um, kind of over this stretch of a hundred years where where awful things happen. Uh, throughout the world because this this movie this movie is 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 about football and football really matters to people and it it can it can like ruin like your 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 weekend and and Mm. and 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 make you kind of cry or it can make you uh joyous and Mm. i remember that there there was some there was some point in the movie where they say uh, football brings consolation, and that's only really half of the story. You don't to watch... all tragedies and sorrows. Yeah, that's that, that's such a narrow view of football because football is not there to be enjoyed. It's in no, part it's to be enjoyed. Football is there to to, to um, kind of bring bring out emotions, whether positive or negative. Mm. It's to make you feel really um, angry. <laughs> like oh, um, emotional purging. I, yes. I can I can vouch for that being a West Bromwich Albion fan. <laughs> exactly. Uh, being a Baggies fan uh, who got relegated, uh, se- uh, season ended. Because life's not always like it. Manchester City. No, it yeah. isn't. <laughs> it's not like a box of chocolates. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's what it's like. No, but I, I think that's very interesting because um, again, this is one of the reasons why I think this film is so good. Because if you look back at um, you know, there was a, a shot of Nelson Mandela. Yeah, uh, with the you know, holding the cup at the very end. Yeah, but one of the things that he wanted years ago was to have the to try and unite the Afri- um, South Africa by having the Rugby World Cup. Mm. Yes, well, this was the Invictus, yeah. yeah, with yeah. Clint Eastwood. Uh, yeah, so and that was a way of bringing the nation together. And I know that in years gone by, and Chris will probably know this because he's from Manchester. Um, in years where we the English football team had a lot of great players, when they were doing well in the World Cup, it lifted the nation for those two weeks. You know, um, mm. so football is something that seems to be used as a way of um, making people forget about mm. the troubles of also, the country. 
Well, I mean, like, I, we can probably vouch for that with, with our own nation as well. Yeah. I remember when our, we got to the, our, the quarters, it was a big deal. It was a huge we, deal in the 90s. We, we only became a developed nation thanks to <laughs> Italia 90 and <laughs> USA 94. Um, we, we, like, things weren't so great before that. Coincidence? <laughs> I think not. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe like, the film's onto something here. <laughs> well, for for a lot of Irish people, though, one of the the memories of this, like the start of the Celtic Tiger, has nothing to do with economics. It's to do with that image of us getting. I think we got to the quarters, didn't we? Went out in penalties. Which 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 one? I don't know. How far are we get in Italian ninety? Uh, Romania penalties. Cool. And um, in in ninety four, I think we were um, were we beaten by the Netherlands. I'm not certain, okay. but yeah, we 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 were in the um, knockout stages of both. Okay, which is we're pretty good. Which is for pretty us. good. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. nowhere like we d- don't deserve to, <laughs> to be to be in the and like oddly we're in the knockout stages in 2002 as well. Anyone who watched the um, Irish football team in 2012, which is the last tournament that we. Oh no! Wait, we were in 2016. What am I talking about? <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll 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 wonder how how do we ever win a football game? <laughs> These but, are important questions. Yeah, but no. It, it, when when we're doing well, it really can unite the country, and yeah. I and and I'm the same. I so I sometimes what and but equally watching watching the Irish football team play can be a really uh, painful experience. <laughs> it can be. Yeah. I have a season ticket, so I can vouch for that. Yeah, even <laughs> even in friendlies, when yeah. it doesn't matter. I watched them play against yes, Iceland, so. and I was like, <laughs> I was so annoyed that I brought somebody to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, these Iceland people are great, though. <laughs> but I think the, the interesting thing as well is that when there's a major World Cup, uh, a to- major tournament, and you're in an international city like Dublin, it is quite interesting that you can... You bond with people of different nations because mm. there are a lot of Italian, Spanish, yeah. uh, um, maybe not so many Dutch, but some Dutch and Irish people, obviously, because it's Ireland. Um, so it's good when all of those, if the people around you, like Poland, if all of these nationalities have a team yeah. in the mm. tournament, it kind of brings you all together. Yeah. To watch the For game. the Irish fans, kind um, <laughs> Roy, Roy Keane wasn't happy that this was our kind of reputation, but that the Irish fans were getting on great with everybody and everybody loved us. And this was true in 2002 and 2012 and 2016. Um, for, for, for some other groups of fans, it's a great opportunity to go um, and meet other cultures and beat the living crap out of them. Um, and you, you might see some of that at this at this World Cup. They, 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 As Babu pointed out, people training in the wilderness. They, they did they did a dry run though la- last year with the Confederations Cup, and I don't think um, it it it, it kind of like nobody goes to the Confederations Cup, no. um, but it tended to kind of go without any um, major incidents. I, I think that there's going to be major incidents at this World Cup mm. uh, for definite. Well, I mean, um, uh, I don't think there'll be so many British fans uh, or English fans going to it because it's a long way away. The team is probably not as going to be as successful as it, it could have been mm. in, in previous uh, tournaments. So there isn't the same expectation. Yeah. So I don't think... Well, maybe oh, maybe oh, maybe that'll be good. It might be the, the lack of expectation yeah, I mean, yeah. because like the whole golden generation of like... Um, 
Frank Beckham Lampard. and Lampard and Gerard and all these people are gone. There, yeah. So. So, so what it means that the Russian ultras will have nobody to fight, probably. I'm sure they'll find. <laughs> Where's all the English fans? There's nobody here. What's going on? So that mm. might be a bit of a. But there might be other bringing match. people together for hooliganism. <laughs> Indeed. I do. I do like the emphasis though that the film puts on like. How important it is for FIFA to do things for themselves, mm. not for the greater good. Because there's a moment where, like, when Ramey is having that moment of doubt about the World Cup, where, you know, where they look at the picture and they say, do it for Carl, <laughs> do it for them. And there's the picture of the first governing com- committee of FIFA. Yeah. There's also the, like, really self-aggrandizing moment where they talk about the death match. Let's talk about the death match mm. for a little bit, mm. which is this really solemn moment, which... Again, as Chris pointed out, is shot primarily in an office. There are flashback or imaginary cuts to the game itself that appear in slow motion, overlaid over footage of these actors sitting in an office reading a newspaper. But this is the the story. This is the game that took place in Ukraine in in 1942, where the Germans allegedly rounded up. This is it's an interesting story of itself because the Germans rounded up a bunch of local... The local soccer team, which were factory workers at the time, because obviously it was the, the war was on. They were emaciated, they were starving. And they played a match. Now, according to the myth, the Ukrainians were supposed to lose, because obviously these were the Reich's best players. These are the SS. Yeah, you know, these are yeah. the best of the best of the best. And apparently they refused to do so. And it's a very moving moment where Gerard Depardieu, sitting in an office in Switzerland <laughs> in the middle of the Second World War, utters the line... We weren't there. We it's, weren't there. This ridiculous thing going through the, throughout the movie. You're you're right in that it's all about protecting themselves. It would seem that uh, the implication that's never really um, uh, uh, explicitly stated is what will happen to football if there's no FIFA. And <laughs> yeah. well, there'd still be football. <laughs> I mean, probably be a better organization to run it. Um, people really people love football in spite of you. <laughs> Not because of you. Well, there's a moment where like when they're talking to the, the, the British people at the very start where Hirschman says, I believe that the whole world should play football. And there's a pause, a dramatic beat. And he says, by our rules and regulations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it feels like that gets to the heart of like the FIFA mission statement. Yeah. There's almost as if Gerard Depardieu is not really sad that these Ukrainian people were massacred by the German Reich for refusing to throw the game like they yeah. should have. He's more upset think, that the game probably wasn't played by FIFA regulations yeah. with an Adidas-sponsored ball. How did this game even start in the first place when we weren't there? It's like... Yeah. And it's funny, like later on in the movie... By just... the way, I, I should be clear. The... Um, there were actually several friendly matches held between the Germans and the Ukrainians in occupied Ukraine. The Ukrainians actually won 60 of them. Um, I believe the Germans only won 36 of them. So the rumor about the death game um, or the death match is a result of the fact that several of the people who were rounded up were actually informers uh, for the Gestapo. So they were murdered half a year to a year after the game for reasons not related to the game itself. Mm-hmm. And in fact, there's some controversy about the erection of memorials to those uh, players, particularly because, uh, as people point out, they're essentially erecting patriotic monuments to collaborators mm-hmm. uh, because of the involvement that they had involving to, in sort of informing um, the the SS about like resistance movements and stuff like that. So it's it's, it's a complicated and interesting mm-hmm. thing that's not at all as simple as the movie makes it well, seem. It's like the rest of the movie, like they deal with that completely cat-handedly and you learn very little about the history and the myth of that game. Yeah. Much like the rest of the film, it's just like... 
So this thing happened. Yeah, yeah, like like the the game between the the nineteen fifty game between uh, Uruguay and Brazil. There's a great story to be told there. Mm. There's the Uruguay team in their um, hotel room the night before. The I think it's like the manager, or the captain brings the newspaper headline for the next day, like talking about like the champions, Brazil, even though they haven't kind of won the game yet. This is my uh, recollection of this story. I'm sure we, we can put it in the show notes. But the, the Uruguayan players all t- take a slash on the newspaper in the hotel room. Um, <laughs> How did that not make it into the official like yeah. team That's the story. That That's the legend. That's yeah. the myth. Just, why not uh, print that? Why not? Yeah. yeah. The the then then um of of <laughs> of course they they would probably be like the camera would like close up on their faces like, as <laughs> as, uh, uh, as they're as taking a while. <laughs> yeah. Played by uh, played inexplicably by very respected thespian actors as well. <laughs> um, you're wondering how did they possibly afford the, the Uruguay team to be played by like. It's like the Expendables bring Simon together the best Callow. best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, given the gassing of Sam Neill as a Brazilian in this movie. Um, quickly, we're probably going to move on to talk about Seth Ladder because that's the fun part of the movie. Mm, but absolutely. One of the things I noted as I was watching the film is that there are very few women in this and what mm. women exist are primarily, like they're not wives or girlfriends, they're daughters mm. or Sophie. The cleaning lady, who oh, Seth Latter knows by his first oh, yeah. name, to prove that, was that he's so a, funny. To prove like, that he's a nice guy. Yeah, it's like oh, he hi, knows Sophie. everybody's name. Yeah, it's like it's a like, character. You're my best customer. <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah, it's a moment that exists purely so the film could be like, look, he's a normal human being. Like that's what like the, not to jump to the very final scene, but there was this uh, throughout the film. There's this kind of. Um, ongoing football match between a bunch of kids um, <laughs> in some unknown city somewhere. And this 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 football match is interspersed throughout the whole film. And the final scene is is the girl, she's the goalkeeper. All the rest of the players are boys and she's she's a bit unsure of herself. She's in net in goals and she's let a few goals in. And then the final denouement is she picks up the ball and dribbles the throughout the whole pitch. team and scores the goal. And then um, the narrative over the over the end of that goes would you believe this would happen one day? It's like we we have given power to the women of football too. Yeah, it's like us white men from a hundred years ago. The next, it's like, next thing is the uh, goal goalkeeper on the other side just hoops it up the pitch and they score because there's no goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I remember watching and thinking this is meant to be inspiring, but even I, who know nothing about football, know that that was a really crappy decision from the goalkeeper. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I just found the whole like imagery just completely but it's like, unbelievable. It's, it's, it's patronizing about how it approaches women because yeah. it's, it's, it's all not, daughters and it is it's like it's not wives. It's, it's not, not yeah, we have given power to these women to. Yeah. to it's to not the progress. only overture though because there's a good representation and actually in uh, in FIFA's kind of official channels as well. There is a good rep, uh, but in the final kind of uh, video uh, montage, which has the the the. the uh, <laughs> Uh, the fantastic music. Yeah, um, they, um, but they 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 show a lot of um, of women's games in in that highlight package. Yeah. If you go to the FIFA website, they'll tell you about upcoming competitions with equal kind of oh, fussing uh, given, pretty much. Like they'll tell you, like, what's the next competition 
it's the um it's the under 17 like youth world cup or it's the uh, women's um uh, senior world cup or like they they properly do if you go to fifa you'll find out what's happening whether it's uh, men, women, or children. So what you're saying is it's the world press, the evil world press that's <laughs> too busy persecuting FIFA uh. rather than celebrating their push for equality. Mm. But let's talk about the world it's press. From in the very moment. beginning, yeah. it's like um, uh, you have Fisher Stephen going, press don't give us a chance. Yeah. For, one, for once, they may be right. There's for a moment where, 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 yeah, where Jules Ramey is standing on the on the uh, on the bow of the ship, sort of staring out, and his daughter comes to talk to him, and she's like, "What's wrong?" And he's like, "Oh, I got some press clippings from home. The press don't give us much of a chance." And her response is, "But they never do. So what are you really sad about?" And it's like <laughs> that, that was a lie that didn't need to be in the film. Uh, you could actually just have him talk about what he was going to talk about, but mm, you have to get that key nope. in there. And then obviously, there's the character later on during the set batter stuff. Let's. Let's jump in and talk about the Sam Neill Seth Ladder section of the film. Because that's the moment where this goes from being like a kind of awesomely bad film to being something that is almost indescribable. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, because he's this kind of 60s sort of like Del Boy guy. He has a sort of like a a swagger. Like, I don't think he smokes that many uh, cigarettes, but you can imagine him. Yeah, because like, this is like, a very PG-13 film. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think that, he, you know... Well, the no... last guy, I think, is... is uh, well, that's why he ended up dead in 1987. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as part of the corruption montage. <laughs> we lost a major sponsor, damn it. How are you people not more shaken up? But yeah, like, the the way the way Tim Roth plays kind of like... And it does change later on. Yeah. Because he... Yeah. he, he um, uh, it's like a Michael went... Carleone performance. Can we talk yeah. about this film as, like, a gangster film? Yeah. It's like, because he's so awkward at first and then he's like he, then he owns the room it's yeah. like the moment that he assumes power it's like he knows that he's in control now he Tim knows Roth that... is playing Tim Roth for most of this film <laughs> yeah. oh, I, I think the interesting thing is that what you sh- what, if you see the very beginning of the film when they talk about right let's let's create an organisation which basically brings all of the the different footballing nations together well, when you actually think about it, what did they do over the hundred years? So what they did was all of these different countries had their own football associations. And what FIFA did was they basically took money from all of them and created like an over, like a management thing. <laughs> yeah. so it's almost like a gangster organization. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then a hundred years later, they're so corrupt that they're so embedded that you can't actually get rid of them. And they're so corrupt, and it was only like I think a couple of years ago that um, Gary Lineker, one of the the English players who had been very successful uh, during a playing career, and then he became a, a sports presenter. He indicated that you know FIFA is so corrupt; they're the most corrupt you know organization in the world. And it is like this almost over that hundred years they've got themselves into a situation where they are the most powerful you know sporting body in the whole of football. And they essentially, they're so corrupt. And they literally steal millions, absolutely tens of millions. And it would be very interesting how much money Seth Blatter has actually got in his bank account. Because that's what they've done, essentially, just like a... There's a, there's a, a moment there's, yeah. like a, there's a moment where Sam Neill's character exclaims, an institution like ours cannot run on good wishes alone. Yes. <laughs> we yeah. need money. And that's not enough. Lots of money. Lots of Wonga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, like, it's, 
it's not exactly subtle. Like the, the movie, yeah. the movie's like there's a moment when he go when he's walking around the boardroom and he's saying basically like, "Look, I need you guys to deliver. I don't care where the money comes from." It's like something from The Untouchables by Brian De Palma. You're expecting Sam Neill to have like if it were if there were like an unbrand FIFA like baseball bat, yeah. he'd be carrying it around. But maybe he has like an Adidas Tango ball and he like drop kicks at the person who refuses to meet their. He's got on the end of a chain and he's yeah. it. Yeah. But that's that's an interesting thing about the the football because when he meets uh, um, you know the, the guy from the, from Adidas and he says right okay in the next World Cup in Argentina what we need is we need you to push this ball right and it's got tango on it and um, I don't know by the way it's a really crappy piece of paper printout that he gives him it is like what's special about this ball aside from the fact it has the word tango written on it and it's oh white. it was a great ball like for the time it's not my favourite I like the Mexico one <laughs> what was that called I think the interesting thing is like, if, you, Azteca, or... if you watch a film called Gamora and, it, and it's about the, the mafia in, in Italy and uh, you know I think it's the Naples mafia the, yeah. the guy had gone undercover like a journalist and he and it's very interesting how they're embedded in society in such a way, like waste management, fashion, all these things that you wouldn't associate them with. And this is very similar. This film has those <laughs> undertones of you know, corruption in a way that you wouldn't believe. You know? Yeah, so you get this ball advertised, then the world will buy this ball and then we will do very well. And But it's just a ball at mm-hmm. the end of the day. But the amount of money that's involved in it, so it's... It's still corruption, but in a different way. It's not, I'm going to come around your house with a gun. Mm. Or with a briefcase of money. Really, yeah. really interesting. But that's exactly you know, that kind of thing. So it does have overtones of being a, you know, a criminal organisation. Mm. The, the really interesting thing about this movie is that it's very upfront about how corrupt FIFA is. <laughs> yeah. But it says, like, in spite of this corruption, you should get behind this because it does more for world peace than the United Nations. <laughs> so lay off us a bit. And and, and, and the, the thing as well is that it's very important that these corrupt um, o- o- officials, like the um, uh, Havalanche, um, <laughs> yeah. that, that, that he's allowed to kind of like, he comes across as a sinister character in this movie. But it's it um, be, it's for in a jocular for, way though. It's but a, for yeah. for the reason I guess that this is made like um, under the watch of Sepp Blatter. So it's like, well, if anyone's going to take flack, I'd rather it's the guy before me. Um, <laughs> He's dead now. Probably. But but there there's there, there's the nice kind of um, I I I suppose what what happens to Sepp Blatter is 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 it it. it <laughs> It he he does he doesn't walk away from football because of corruption or uh, uh, bribery or embezzlement or any sort of impropriety. He walks away when when FIFA is in Africa and has a World Cup in Africa and a World Cup in Asia. He says, "Then I'll take a break." Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he he's oh. accomplished his mission of of world peace and unity. So it's now an appropriate time, and it's got nothing to do with <laughs> these massive corruption yeah. charges. Yeah. I noticed that, that, was, uh, that was foreshadowed quite early on. It's yeah. Like, you know, Africa and Asia, and then I'll stop. Well, that, that's the thing. is that, <laughs> that Nelson, the, the Nelson Mandela at the end. Very much graphs a historical arc onto <laughs> FIFA and onto, onto Seth Blatter's like, campaign in general, because obviously the, the, it opens with the election of Sam Neill's character, right? Which is obviously before Blatter comes in. But he, he's elected on with the support of the African nations on the promise that I've got a great plan for I've got great plans for Africa. 
says the white man in a crowded football stadium, <laughs> um, while staring at the evil British people across the way who are racist. But the um, the movie then sort of builds the climax, like the closing sequence to, in the credits is Tim Roth as Seth Blatter announcing that the next World Cup will be held in South Africa. And that's like, it's like mission accomplished. It's like you can see the banner behind him going, look, we, we solved apartheid. Yeah, FIFA a, did it. Like there's, there's this big recurring motif about apartheid thread where the, like it's, it's as if the movie's like the one principal stand that FIFA took. So yeah. let's milk the hell out of it. Um, <laughs> like there's a moment where they're riding around in a pickup truck with like oh, armed yeah. guards in, in the background in Angola. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, you know, that football is above politics, but I, I just couldn't let South Africa back in. Yeah. And it's like, Finally, at the end, the implication is that, like, apartheid resolved itself mm. due to football, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> did FIFA solve apartheid? Well, we're not saying they well, did, but... Uh, we're going to leave that for you to decide, yeah. listener. Well, this is, again, a, a, a thing that's... If you look at criminal organisations, they use legitimate fronts to money launder. And you could argue that that's what... FIFA have done in a way, they've got this idea of being a, an organisation that looks for world peace, uniting people, and then behind all that is, and football is, uh, yeah. you know, the thing and, in front, um, and behind is a lot of people stealing well, and, and, millions of, of well, I mean, dollars. Even on, on like the like perfectly legitimate, in inverted commas, front, like again, everything FIFA does in your country during the World Cup is tax-free. Everything that they sell, everything that they buy, everything that they rent, everything that they pay for, everything that they receive is all tax-free, is all tax-exempt. That's part of the terms and conditions of hosting the World Cup, to give an example there. Like, this is like... Well, they're a charity. Yeah, I mean, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're doing more for world peace than the UN. <laughs> I'm not sure the film made that point. Yeah, the, the, um, going back to the uh, revelation of South Africa, there's a great line where Tim Roth is like, I'm seeing this for the first time too. <laughs> like, I don't, I haven't decided who is, uh, this is a, a democratic vote. Let's all learn together. Let's all learn children. together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is how democracy is supposed to work. There and, is the beautiful moment on the boat with Sam Neill where like Seth Blatter's like, Seth Blatter's like, I may not get re-elected. And the reason why Seth Blatter may not get re- re-elected is left kind of ambiguous in the film <laughs> itself. It's like, what possible objection could people have to you? Well, I told him to not be corrupt, maybe. Um. <laughs> there's there's an amazing point in the movie where um, Sam Neill, as president, says to Sepp Blatter, as kind of secretary general, "You, you, you'll answer the questions at this meeting." Yes, this oh, yeah. and and then and then like a few minutes later, walks out of the meeting. But the the the, the whole thing during the meeting is that Sepp is unable to answer any <laughs> questions put put to him, like um, the, like physically unable, not like like literally, yeah. it's not his. Job. But it's like, yeah. in, he he's he's not the like like the, it's not a problem like the movie doesn't posit that it's a problem that yeah. he can't answer all of these serious questions no, the, the, like they're asking in 1982 about like why why can't they have video technology and how 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 was Sh- Michael uh, no how how was what was how was this how was allowed? how was Schumacher a- able to break. Battistan's skull and not get sent off. Um, and he's, uh, he's kind of looking over his shoulder like, oh, oh. And, and, well, and, there's a moment and where his partner, like the, the guy who's managing the press conference, after Sam Neill has just like walked quietly off stage to let Tim Roth manage this by himself, where the, the other guy at the press conference goes, gentlemen, this is a press conference. Not a trial. <laughs> um, it's, 
Yeah. Yeah. This it's like be, don't it should have been nominated for an Oscar, I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> but but it, the, yeah, like it's it's it it doesn't posit his inability to answer those serious questions that are a problem. It it the problem is that the journalists are yeah. asking the questions. The problem is that Sam Neill has has walked out on, on Seth Blatter. And mm. left him holding the baby. And yeah. yeah. And even then there's a there's an understanding that the press should be more considerate. Like there's yeah. a moment like there's a there's a journalist Wilcox who is ambiguously Irish and mm. also a skinhead um, <laughs> and not at all threatening. But like there's a moment where he, he shows up outside the press conference and does like a, oh, I'll be seeing you real soon. <laughs> um, and then later on, they have a conversation where he basically says, look, there's a lot of corruption taking place here and I know a bunch of names. And Seth's like, I thought this was supposed to be a friendly meeting. <laughs> and off the record. <laughs> the, the film is like, don't you know that journalists have no ethics? Because the next time that you encounter Wilcox, there's a book handed to uh, to Seth Blatter in a little envelope, which is labelled The Big Game, which may or may not have been inspired by Andrew Jennings, who wrote a book called Foul, The Secret World of FIFA, Brides, Vote Rigging and Ticket Scandals. The, the, the interesting thing about Tim Roth's portrayal of Seth Blatter at this point in the movie is that He's gone from being this kind of like 60s kind of like um, Del Boy yes. to being a proper Bond villain. Like he, he's, <laughs> he, he's like, like Goldfinger he, in that scene with all of the kind models. of American crime bosses. Yeah. Where he, he's, he's like, the yeah, I only works. need 13 of you. Well, I mean, <laughs> and the, um, like, I mean, John Oliver did an excellent segment, which will include the show notes. But he points out that like the FIFA briefing room, which to be fair, appears in this film, but is lit much differently than it is it's in inside Bretton. a volcano. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally modeled on the war room from Dr. Dr. Strangelove, in that it's a a set of square tables arranged around a giant circular halo light. Now, the movie lights it more softly, so it seems less like like a (laughs) smirsh meeting. But there's very much that sort of vibe, particularly in the scene where Seth Blatter is like, look, I'm not saying any of you were corrupt, but I know that all of you are corrupt. (laughs) And one of the guys is like, wait, what are you saying? He's like, I'm not saying that all of you are corrupt, but any of you could be corrupt. And it's like this weird sort of like you're waiting for the moment where Seth Blatter's finger hovers over like the little <laughs> button marked with this guy's name to feed him to the piranha thing. Like make them fear you. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's it. There's a conversation no, where like when when it looks like Seth Blatter might lose this vote, and think about how horrible that would be for FIFA if he lost mm. the vote. Where he finally goes and he consults with Sam Neill, who Andrew's right when he says that Sam Neill is a really shady character. But he's a really shady character in like a PG-13. He had the best intentions at heart sort of way. Like he's still the guy who yeah. wanted to bring the World Cup to Africa. Even if he, maybe, the film is kind of ambiguous on it, embezzled lots of money. Just um, took all their money. Just took all their money. I mean, but what he wanted was really good. So there's a moment where like Tim Roth is meeting him on a boat that looks like a sequence from like, have you seen Christopher Nolan's Insomnia? Oh, where, yeah. like, Al Pacino meets, like, Robin Williams on the boat. And Robin Williams is like, oh, I'm going to blackmail you now. <laughs> um, there's, like, they're sitting there in a boat. And there's this really wonderful moment where Sam Neill, like, looks around as if to make sure that there are no, like, reporters around. And he's like, what you need to do <laughs> is you need to find five weak-willed people. Indecisive. Indecisive people. And you need to make them afraid of you. <laughs> And he sort of looks around, and then you get a wide shot, which is like, there's nobody on the deck of the boat. It's like, why did you need to look around twice before saying this thing? What, what, what was left on the cutting room floor was, uh, you know, Seth Blatter gets off the boat and pulls out with a voice recorder, and then, 
Click. Got it, Gotcha lad. now. <laughs> Definitely wasn't me. At, at that point when the book was put down, like, because he's been established as a, as a band villain, like, um, <laughs> the nice thing about FIFA is that they don't, as, so far as, like, they, they don't intentionally kill people. <laughs> are we, are we confident in We're that? Yeah, yeah. So, so like, they, they, he hasn't, like, taken care of the reporter, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, he's presented as something pleasant. Yeah, so yeah. he's not as bad as a Bond villain. Yeah, it's like, I mean, he's come on. He's a successful publisher, so, you know. It's, yeah. He's a decent guy. He yeah. just wants to bring the World Cup to South Africa. <laughs> Like, it doesn't matter how much it costs you as long as you get to live your dream. What kind of, like, really stuck in my mind was, like, just how all over the place this, like, the whole film was. Like, they try and present, kind of, Jared Depardieu and then Seb Blatter as this kind of, like, saviour of football, bring, <laughs> bring it to every corner of the globe for every gender, every race. And then it flips to, like, oh, we're the mafia. And, uh, you know, <laughs> we're, we're everywhere. And we know yeah. all about you. And it's like... Flitting between these two narratives the whole time, like, so what? What? It it should (laughs) be noted that, like, the final scene with Sam Neill, it's it's him on the boat saying, look, what you do is you find something important to them and you squeeze. (laughs) And And then at the end of Godfather. Yeah, yeah, and and then at the end of the film, like, in the credits with that really upbeat sort of ba-ba-ba. Ba, 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 ba. There's a shot of him in his retirement. <laughs> yeah, there's a shot of him in his retirement with a giant fishing rod, laughing as if to say, "Oh, he looks great fun." It's like um, there's like this really awkward tonal vibe that runs through it. Like it's even, like the end of Top Gun. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly. It's like you started with the end. You get the end of Godfather, and then you get the end of Top Gun. <laughs> but it, even even within that, like there's the moment after the reports have started coming out, and after those nasty reporters have started doing things like trying to hold FIFA to account for lots of money you get that wonderful like shot pan across like this big family party populated again with lots of daughters lots of lot of like children teenagers women girls who are dancing to pop music and the camera sort of pans slowly across them and then settles on Seth Blatter in the corner on his phone dealing with business because those journalists can't let him enjoy some quiet dance party time with his family or even Seth Blatter had final cut of the season no no I I was working all the time I always work I I never stop working did I tell you I was working I can't, yeah, I can't, uh, the, uh, S- Switzerland is, um, by, by all accounts that I've heard, not very fun. So, <laughs> <laughs> although, uh, it's, it's like when, when you ask the Swiss extra, so you just like kind of dance in the, in the background, and it's like, like this. No, not like that. Have you ever done this before? You've seen all fiction, right? Go with that. Um, they like, should have got Tim Roth to dance. <laughs> no, he would have shown them. Yeah. Uh, just remember what Michael Madison did. Just do that. Yeah. But I mean, I feel... One of the things I actually quite like or find very interesting about United Passions is how it's very much the standard, completely unironic, 110% sincere way that you would construct a story about, like, a true American hero. Like, mm-hmm. you could imagine this being... A, like, a Nelson Mandela movie that followed this pattern, which is, like... Think of the character and he has this dream and he experiences this setback. And there's lots of these shots of him looking really sad. But then there's shots where he walks up some steps and he makes this announcement to the world and it's claps and everybody's like, whoa, you did it. It's like, what if you applied the model that you use to make biographies of like really important like civil rights leaders like Martin Luther King, Mm. um, you know, presidents like John F. Kennedy 
and you applied it to an organization that just wanted to make lots of money, <laughs> what would it look like? And it looks like that because there are a lot of moments in this movie where you can point to shots yeah. and go, that is a sh- that looks like a shot from a biopic where, you know, we're meant to feel really sad about this yeah. guy who's being hounded. Like, yeah, it, it would be like, like what if what if Nelson Mandela had never uh, become distanced in the public mind from terrorism? What if you made made a, a movie like like um, um, like Invictus, but instead it was about like Yasser Arafat? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it's like. Invictus it, makes the Hunger Games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, there's that, there's a weird earnestness in how the film is shot, mm. where like if you applied it to another subject, it would be a perfectly unremarkable biography. Yeah. But because you apply it to this subject, and because you maintain the through line of FIFA likes money, yeah. it becomes this sort of like transcendental sort of thing. It's amazing. And, like overuse of the strings. Like, like every yeah. other, other scene is like, you know, someone delivering some heartwarming speech and the strings come in. It's like, oh, right, so this is important. And this is reason. sad. And like yeah. a little choir when sad things happen. Should, should have used more... Um, there was there a use of um, uh, substitute... Um, what's it, is it by oh, the Kings? Yes, in, in, in the, the 1966 World Cup, World Cup yeah. which is great. I really enjoyed that. There's yeah. also a but montage. Like, I just thought well. that scene was unreal, just because for all the cliches. Oh, absolutely! Like, like 100%. governors yeah. knocking around. It's just hilarious. I also love the montage as well. Later, where Sam Neill and Tim Roth are traveling the world. It's like the corruption montage, but it's lots of shots of planes flying and pans <laughs> and split screens. Liam <laughs> Burns. Yeah. Uh, or, sorry, what's his name um, from uh, Talking? Oh, David Byrne. David, David Byrne. Byrne. Yeah. yeah, and it, but it, yeah. It, again, it's like something that you would see in a seri- in a serious biopic because this is, as far as it's concerned, a serious biopic. Yeah. But like, it's really it becomes weird it like a serious biopic yeah. once kind of Tim Roth arrives. That's it, yeah. exactly. And 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 it it it. I think it, it plays it kind of well. Yeah. Like those mm. those scenes where they're like kind of flying about, traveling the world, yeah. sort of like jet setting, and it's yeah. like it gives you a sense of this is a really vast, impossible thing that they're doing. And you yeah. can imagine it, like there there's the scene in there where 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 <laughs> that's removed, where there's like a money counter, <laughs> and then it's like um, Robert De Niro and six other people walking. Sorry, Al Pacino with the big bags of money going into the bank in Scarface. (laughs) Buying, like, beauty shops. You see that that's kind of where the the film kind of starts to come together a bit. It starts to feel like Scarface. Yeah. One of these kind of movies. It's it's a montage and it feels like the plot's actually moving forward rather than, like, oh, right, so we've got to do 66. Oh, it's now 70. Right, 74. Right, Taking ages to get through time, mm. and, and and even stuff like the the moment where they're in like the Doctor Strange love meeting room, and they're having the really serious conversation about football hooliganism, and Seth is like, "Gentlemen, this can never be allowed to happen again." Uh, and then at the end, FIFA marketing presentation, nineteen ninety eight. It's like, did anybody think about the shareholders when this was happening? Um, there's something sort of beautiful in the the way that it's entirely earnest <laughs> in the movie. Story. But is it though? Like it's seemingly. Yeah. I, I feel like there, there's just so much beautiful irony. irony. <laughs> in it and like, I think this is the work of a genius. <laughs> well, and, that's the thing um, where genius is holding two contradictory ideas. I, I, yeah. think, I think the director did it on purpose and hoped that nobody would not. And I, yeah. I, 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 like you well, can almost see it anyway. So. <laughs> but 
But yeah, it's, it's one's like genius. The definition of genius is holding two contradictory ideas in your head at the same time. And, and I think you could safely say that this holds several yeah, ideas in its head at absolutely. the same time. Absolutely. And the but and the way the way it takes this kind of like um turn where 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 it goes from this really kind of like sim- sim- sympathetic kind of um portraits of these like very kind of innocent idealistic um uh men like um Fisher Hirschman yeah. and um and Rene yeah. um who 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 just have such such strong ideals and never meant to kind of lose all that money or pay all those people um and 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 then it moves on to Seth Blatter and he's this kind of wheeler dealer and he's like going to get that money I'm going to take that power I'm going to I mean, go right to the tippy top. Doesn't really make a point that he was like a watch salesman before him, yeah. which is like, and the movie sort of stops just short of saying counterfeit watch salesman. Because like it's, it's, it's like he's sitting in a pub saying, no more watches for me. If he just Brown. opened his jacket, all the watches are in there. <laughs> I mean, to, to be fair though, like, there's a sense, like, there's this wonderful thing with the first half of the film, which is obviously not as good, because it's, it's very much, no. like, very dry, very yeah. BBC stuff. But, like, I that makes that, the second half better, that, I that think. Exactly. Like, there's the moment where Fisher Stevens has a conversation with Remy, where he's talking about how this is, like, the first time that FIFA goes bankrupt. And he's like, I made some bad investments. And it's like, that kind of, like, gives you a nice little dovetail to, like, later on in the movie, where, like, again, where... They're having sort of coffee with the Adidas representative, who seems to be Seth Blatter's only friend in the world. And he's like, well, we've gone bankrupt again. What was it? A bad investments? He's like, no. I don't <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what it was. I, I don't believe there's any point in the movie where they actually run out of money. I think they're just poor mouthing the entire time. Yeah. Fisher Stevens is like, sorry for losing all the money. And he has his fingers behind his back. <laughs> and he skips off down here. I, I do love that he's like, and by the way, here's here's all the accounts that are in perfect order. Um, Would you like to check? I prepared them myself. Yeah. 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 Um, don't worry, by the time you check, I'll be long gone. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, there's something like even, there's a weirdness about how the movie's so desperately emphasizes how above board yeah. certain aspects of FIFA are and must be that feels very much like you do you doth protest too much. Yeah. yeah. But um, you just have to kind of take the bad with the good and uh, the jur- journalists need to just lay off. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's perfect, you know. Yeah. It's like, I thought this was supposed to be a friendly meeting. <laughs> <laughs> like football, like a friendly match. It's like uh, kind of like FIFA I've been looking at all the papers for the years like oh FIFA so corrupt it's like you know what we need to make our own film. And then it comes okay. out, people are really corrupt. We need to get on message. about this movie. <laughs> Is it like for a FIFA propaganda movie? <laughs> they're really indelicate about their own... <laughs> well, that's, that's the thing, because we talked about, talk about Crimea. Like, Crimea as a propaganda film is interesting because it's slightly more subtle in its propaganda in that it's very much... It's not like a gung-ho, like, Chuck Norris patriot film. It's very much about how hard it was for Russia to intervene. To, like, they didn't to usurp want to, the right but they, they needed to protect yeah. these people. There's moments of like characters and standing on battle cruisers, like staring out at the horizon, going, "Do I have the right to do this?" And the movie like really sells this angst, yeah. right? It, Whereas like United Passions is just like, "You want the money, you go get the money." <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's it. <laughs> 
Yeah, we're nobody, not even going to hide it anymore. So. Nobody has the right to tell you not to live your dream, <laughs> even if there's a Great Depression or World War taking like, place. If you just remove the assumption that we wouldn't have football without FIFA, because of course we did and we could, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. then then the movie doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, to be fair, that's the entire point of the death match, is that if you take away FIFA, that's what you end up with, with football. Uh. You know, if, if FIFA's not regulating the match, if they aren't there, if they aren't there, then you end up with executions on the pitch, Andrew. <laughs> you end up with footballers being killed. You end up with murders and massacres. <laughs> These fascists, Andrew, they are the exact opposite of the Federation. Yeah. Yeah. We're, but we're, don't we're worry. We're the thin blue line around the world, you yeah. know. But the UN are the real villains. <laughs> Imagine the, the Depardieu just kind of walking um, through the game. It's like, oh, it's Ramey. He's gone to stop the game. Oh, you know, he he's, he didn't stop walking. He's just gone straight all the way to Russia. <laughs> um, yeah. It's like I was there for like two seconds, and then I left. <laughs> There's the question to Blatter, which is hilarious: of who are you protecting? <laughs> like, where he's presumably protecting himself. But it's presented as a selfless act. Yeah, yeah. But the, 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 That's a line the, from a the, trailer. That feels like a, like an epic sort of sweeping oh, yeah. trailerized question. Like, Damn it, Sep! Who are you protecting? The journalist Wilcox is like, are these people you're protecting really worth it? Like, <laughs> to me, they are. <laughs> they're, you have to understand, they're practically family. Yeah. My family. Because I'm protecting myself. That, it's like I that, can see them in the mirror. They're so yeah. close to me. Well, there is that, that great shot of him walking in. Is it, uh, is it himself or Jared Depardieu where you get the really artful shot of him after a long day walking in and there's like a hall of mirrors like effect in the room like because it's, it's shot so artfully. Um, oh, that's Seth Blatter towards the end, Blatter, Yeah, it? towards the end yeah. where you have him sort of walk by and you have that nice shot as if to say, you know, how does Seth look at himself in the mirror? Yeah. With pride because he's saving football. <laughs> That line that you said about um, good wishes alone um, are not enough. We need money. Lots of it. It was before he, uh, in the same monologue, the, um, what's his name? Uh, Sam um, Yes, it's, it's, uh, the, the guy that Sam here plays. He starts that off by saying, the press, they're not fond of us. <laughs> um, Again, like, hammering yeah. the theme in a completely unnecessary sequence. It's like, what is this monologue about? It's about how the company needs money. Can you shoehorn a dick at the press in there? <laughs> yeah, but it's... it's it, like, it again, it's, but, you know. Yeah. It's so perfectly written because it's kind of like, let's start off by saying the press have a problem with us regardless of anything we do. Also... We're, we've we've spent all our mon- money again, we, although we don't have any expenses. <laughs> um, um, we need more money. <laughs> what could the press possibly find questionable or objection worthy yeah. about this? Yeah, there's a lot of really really great stuff in there, um, and I mean again, like yeah, the, just the amount of stuff shot in boredoms, the limited amount of football in the film yes. again, which is something that really took me because this is like it is possible to make a sporting film about like middle management that is exciting and interesting. So I think mm. Moneyball mm. is a great example, written by Aaron Sorkin uh, with Brad Pitt and with uh, Jonah Hill, mm. uh, two-time Academy nominee Jonah Jonah Hill. But uh, that's a great movie about like sports and sort of middle management and about like numbers and about statistics and stuff like that. Yeah. Whereas this is just like, there's something really, really amazing about how self-aggrandizing it is about the guys whose job it is primarily like to, 
to distribute and arbitrate the money and see where the money goes. As sort of like, uh, it's a movie about money men that treats them as heroes, as like the true lifeblood of any organization. I love like kind of like the main, the, the one kind of like grassroots football match that you know Seb Blatter tent happens to be at. Is with his mate from Adidas, and everyone's wearing Adidas T-shirts and Coca-Cola, and everyone's like, "Yep, <laughs> <laughs> this is my dream. This, this is football. This is football." Right here, <laughs> um, and it is. Well, the implication is that uh, you know now these children are fed and watered as a result of like they're clothed in Adidas clothes, they're drinking Coca-Cola sugar drinks. I mean, really, we're helping solve like the the housing issues. That, mm. We're helping to solve world hunger. I mean, come on, how could the press hate us for this <laughs> I, it's uh, one one it reminded me of one one of the best coke uh, advertisements of all time you might remember this one where where it's like there's these african children in in their village and they're like i've heard i've i've heard it tastes like kissing a girl like coca-cola and then the the uh, truck comes along and and the child, the boy, drinks the the Coca Cola, and all his friends are like, "What's it like? Is is it like kissing a girl?" And he says, "I hope so." <laughs> which, is, which is such a like, but but it's commercialization and, of like, but like it, yeah. it reminded me of like FIFA and Coca Cola hand in hand, sort of like you know selflessly going to, to <laughs> the third world, and yeah. creating customers. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's. This is truly the dream. Mm. Another line I quite like, another one comes from Sam Neill, who seems to be like the most underrated player on this particular team, mm. where he's interrupting his, his children's game, and one of them has yeah. accused the other of cheating, to which Sam Neill says, with all the, you know, all the sort of gravitas and moral integrity that he brings to the character, cheating. That's a big word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just, like, I mean, that sort of, like, thing is so at odds with what, like... Sarah Depper Joe's character at the start is like talking to this Uruguay um, attache. It's like, and what do you think of uh, cheating? And it's like, oh no, there'll be none of that. There'll be none of that. And I was like, it's like, ha, ha, ha. and then the rest of the film is a, 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 a nod and a wink to the camera. <laughs> yeah. like, how awful are the Uruguayans? Um, <laughs> yeah, I like though how like they've they've become. They've become very. They're they like. They're basically like Wolf from Gladiators. There's no, in there's football, no, as far as I can gather. There's so much naivety about like uh, uh, Fisher Stevens and Gerard Depardieu mm. that's completely absent from <laughs> Sam Neill and um, and Tim Roth, and it's kind of representing how like uh, FIFA has changed. Mm. They're now worse than they were before. <laughs> <laughs> before they couldn't handle the accounts because of bad investments. <laughs> Now they can't handle them for reasons that we can't articulate in this movie. But don't worry, we'll imply them pretty damn heavily. <laughs> um, but again, and then you get the nice dovetail of like uh, Fisher Stevens like writing this like closing letter, this sort of wonderful touching monologue where he's like, who could possibly imagine that FIFA would be bigger than the UN? <laughs> bigger like than the UN. It's like that uh, John Lennon quote, we're bigger than Jesus. Yeah. Oh, no, wait, hang on, no, no, sorry, UN. UN sorry. Yeah. Yeah. We, don't, we don't want to offend. <laughs> I mean, everyone knows Sam Neill is practically God, right? Jared <laughs> uh, Depardieu is Jesus. But yeah, also the, the moment early in the film, which is, and again, this is the example of the film being so back-patting and self-congratulatory, much like the bit where it's like Carl Anton Hirschman. Hirsch, it's the moment where, um, when Ramey interrupts the, the press conference and he stands up and he walks to the podium. And like, you have the, the obligatory two guys at a press conference who have like expository dialogue. Let speak. Yeah. Who the hell is that? It's Jules Rumey. He's the head of some federation nobody's heard of. Uh, it's Rumor, like, Rumor, Rumor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, 
just such a self-congratulatory yeah. sort of like look at these idiots they don't even know what fifa is it's weird because it seems like it's a movie that's geared towards not football fans but fifa fans it feels yeah. like it's like not about the sport so much as it's about fifa it's like people like who are wearing their fifa jerseys not because they like kicking football but because they think fifa is a very well-run organization yeah. that's I, once, I once had a fifa tracksuit actually it was in a, a, a adidas fifa tracksuit <laughs> it's like a fourth official right <laughs> where like at a football game it's the best i don't know where it is now but yeah oh like, like the money where's the money <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, have, I have some ideas um, who are you protecting Andrew <laughs> and are they worth it the more we've talked about it the more it seems like a brilliant film mm. and the more likely is I'm going to watch it again yeah and, and just because some of the observations that we've talked about think, ah so maybe it it might it, have been a rubbish film but it probably isn't as rubbish as we think it is it's yeah, like an onion. Say. It's like it's got legs. It's I, yeah, legs. I think I need to watch it again to, to yeah. basically decide in my own head: is it being ridiculously self-aware, or is it being completely tone deaf? Because I'm not sure. Yeah, is, yeah. is the irony within the film or in the space between the film and yeah. my, my processing yeah. of the film? Like, where does the irony fit yeah. in this equation? I have a feeling that FIFA wanted to present yeah. a propaganda film, yeah, hoping that the world's <laughs> footballing public don't realise that FIFA are so corrupt. Yeah. And the director and all the actors thought... Yeah. Well, with the possible exception of Jared Depardieu, well, yeah. who insisted that this be accepted at Cannes. Yeah, well, everybody <laughs> else probably thought, you know what, I'll just take the paycheck. I, th- I don't think and Fisher and Stevens think... knew much about the <laughs> football no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just glad to be working. Yeah, just glad yeah, not yeah. to be the guy, for the, just glad not to be the bad guy from Hackers. He doesn't win Oscar for The Cove, actually. Oh, does For it? producing the documentary The Cove, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, I think... Uh, you got an Emmy for late edition? Early edition? I don't know if no. you got an Emmy for it. But, and uh, could he get an EGOT? <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's the campaign. Can he sing? <laughs> Oh my God, United Passions, the stage musical. <laughs> I would go to that. I would pay good money for that. And I wonder FIFA. whether whether because of the... FIFA faux fo I smell the blood of an Englishman. <laughs> um, I was just about to say, uh, the English are represented really badly in this oh, film, yeah. all the way through. So, and I, I wonder whether that's because a lot of the criticism that's come through has been from maybe English journalists. Yeah, because mm. there was a London 2018... Campaign wasn't there? I think so. That Russia won. Yeah, and they, um, the the UK didn't bribe sufficiently. <laughs> or, um in in. I don't think they had the money. Consistently, in the right manner. No, no like you, you either bring loads of cash or Prince William. Yeah. To, to, to be the public face of your bid. <laughs> take the cash. I, I just don't think anybody would have had the money that Putin had. No. To to buy it. And I think that's what's led to it, really. And With regards to the English, it is worth pointing out that in all three time periods, the consistent through line is how horribly racist the British people are. <laughs> oh, and again, yeah. this is one of the things like the, uh, it's like the press thing. It's like a through line that doesn't need to be a through line. Like, there's no reason for these sequences to be there. Yeah. Like, you have, for example, the opening scene where Fisher Stevens leads his polite team of, like, you know, not at all threatening European people who approach strangers at a football match. And are like, if you don't play our way, you'll never play again. <laughs> but, like, even then you have the establishment of, like, how, you know, 
Oh, I bet you'll believe that the colonial powers can play football. Later on, you have the conversation with Jared Depardieu's daughter and the Englishman, where yeah. he's like, they oh, yeah, don't yeah. understand the subtleties of the game. And then later on, you have that whole thing with uh, Sam Neill after he gets elected by the African nations, where, again, another British character is like, next thing you know, you'll be expecting them to host the World Cup. <laughs> they can barely even play. <laughs> well, you, haven't, you haven't really won. You've, you've, you've just won through these blasted Africans. <laughs> And you, 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 sorry. Oh, no, sorry. It was just the only thing that was missing from each of those scenes was the monocle should have been in every <laughs> one of them. <laughs> each one. Just to like, you know, all of them. Yeah, should, yeah. should have gone through all the way to That's the 70s, the, the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. the callback to the first <laughs> the, uh, the Samuel outrage. sequence should have ended with the with the monocle in the champagne. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, like, and that's the closing shot. Like as Samuel <laughs> walks away, it's the monocle like you, sitting at and, the bottom. And steam going out of his ears. You, as he you expect the, um, the scene with like substitute to start with like some English people beating up uh, some <laughs> some migrants, and then they all like go to the television together to watch the the football match. Yeah. <laughs> Walk over these people to the TV. That screen. one moment, they they're united. Their society. But that's the interesting thing because the when well, I mean, it did end apartheid. <laughs> when when the the bit where England are in the World Cup in '66 and they win, the the scene is basically. A group of people standing outside of a, a shop watching it on the television and they're all a bunch of, you know, yeah. swinging 60s type characters. And football in, in England at that time and really throughout much of its history, other than recently, has always been a working class game. So it's ironic that all of the people that are represented as being English of the authorities are all very mm. upper yeah. class. It kind of adds yeah. to the uh, tone deaf nature of the rest of the film yeah. as well. You know, it's like, yeah. Well, that's how you... That's you kind of it would be strange if they hit that one note. <laughs> if they, they were trying to portray England as villains, and the, the two it, ways you can portray posh. someone as a villain is give them an English accent, yeah. make them posh. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the only reason that the guy talking with Sam Neill isn't wearing a top hat is because it's indoors and it will be rude. Uh, <laughs> Too early in the day. Yeah. I mean, that song at the end is great. That's true. Yeah. And, that's, and that's the montage, kind of montage as well. Yeah, that's, with, with I, all the... the yeah. The, um, we see all the football games and like uh, we see all the football games and then we get the cast as well and the cast yeah. is like look at these people having fun and <laughs> not either either not being actively corrupt at this moment or profiting off their existing corruption and not in jail yeah how wonderful is this happy ending you can play happy music and not be in jail yeah, yeah. having it's, stolen millions yeah and again Sam Neill who is the most ominous and threatening of the FIFA representatives featured in the movie is given the most light hearted sort of cast like introduction where he's fishing on a boat in like what looks like the Florida Keys. It's like, this is a non-extradition country. <laughs> yeah, that bit where um, like the final scene. I think I've made my mind up about the film. Then the yeah. montage of all the greatest goals of every World Cup. I was like, like my heart was melting a bit. I was like, oh yeah, that was that was a good game. No, no, hang on. I don't like this film. No. <laughs> and, and Stop the, trying to change me. That is the challenge with football. I mean, it's, it's that yeah, you love football. Like, yeah. And you also understand how horrible and corrupt everything behind <laughs> the scenes is. I really, I really disapprove of the World Cup in 2018, but I don't want to miss like a, yeah. a, a, a second of it. Kind of like, like um, because there's going to be great moments. Yeah. In that World Cup, like there was in the last one, yeah, like the seven-one, um, uh, Germany beating Brazil, the um, the uh, Robin van Persie uh, oh, yeah. goal, the James Rodriguez, mm. and just like football in general, like the the um, 
that same year for the for the Puskas Award, our own um, Stephanie Roach, I think her 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 mm. goal in 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 the kind of like the the Irish League, mm. um, and the kind of moments of beauty, the the and outside of kind of like the World Cups, the like uh, a great kind of. Um, uh, like I suppose some of us would have grown up watching the Premiership mm. and the 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 great moments, also like the terrible moments, the the relegations and the near misses, kind yeah. of yeah. yeah. So yeah, it like in spite of everything, we 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 do love football and we do love some of the product that FIFA gives us because they give us the World Cup. Yeah. You know, and I mean, and to be honest, as you point out, they do do, and as the film points out repeatedly, they do do good stuff with like the the women's teams and the children's team and those initiatives and stuff like that. That's not to say that you couldn't have another organization do it yeah. without being massively corrupt. But uh, yeah, that, that, that's the work they do is great in that. But like, I think the problem with the film is that like it's so egotistical that yeah. it assigns these victories to individual men. It's like yeah. this mm. was definitely all Seb Blatter's doing. There was certainly nobody beneath him who took any initiative yeah. or managed or oversaw these. Like, if you watch the film, there's a moment where the, the head of Adidas... And I like that we were referring to these people primarily through their relation to corporate sponsors. <laughs> but the head of Adidas, played by Thomas Crashman, is like, damn it, Seth, don't you ever take a break? Oh, yeah. and it's like, well, I mean, you do realise you're the head of a massive international corporation. The f- funny thing about the self-aggrandizing as well is as if, as if uh, FIFA are somehow unique... In their vision of how sport unites the world, because I'm sure, like the the, the English badminton association was like the Chinese will never play badminton. Um, the ping pong, yeah, the US ping pong team are like, uh, damn it, I have a dream of us playing. One day we'll play with the communists as well. You'll never play ping pong. Yes, yeah. I see. I see a fascist there. I see a communist there. But they're all ping pong players. Yeah. They're all just people. Yes, yeah. it's very interesting as well in the whole of the film. They never talk about any other than Pele. They never mention mm. any other. I think that they player. mention Maradona. There, but there is, there is, this, there is the thing in like kind of nineteen eighty. I think when they're saying what about God. that. So you know, in the clips at the very end, yeah, you know, they show yeah. the great. They, they show Cruyff. Yeah, so there's three great Fat players. Ronaldo. <laughs> but, but you and I, and, and probably the people who've watched football from a young age, will know the three great players that have, have deemed as been probably the best players ever to have played the game were Pele and then he's he's um Pele good Maradona better George well no no but three would best. have been would have been Pele. <laughs> oh I see what you did there nice. I, don't, I don't even nice. follow football <laughs> but it would have been Pele and then Cruyff and then Maradona has been three people who've never played the game any better than those three but it's interesting when you said that the reason behind Cruyff not playing in the next 78, and Andrew. Eight, yeah. <laughs> uh, 78 World Cup uh, because of political reasons. He isn't really featured in any... He's not mentioned other than yeah, that one Yeah, because FIFA are both football clip. and he doesn't represent <laughs> yeah. their values. Yeah, the NFL, if they're making an NFL oh, movie, they'd yeah. never mention Colin, Colin Kaepernick. They'd be like, uh, you know, and our, our footballers have done great things for, you know... For equality and civil rights and stuff, we're not going to name any specific thing that in, they've done. In fairness, they probably wouldn't mention Colin Kaepernick because he's not exceptionally good at American football. <laughs> but uh, like uh, we like a lot, a lot of his kind of political stances. But if it was someone of the kind of stature 
of um, Tom like, Brady. Yeah, say um, like uh, make making a political stance. That was a which I think Tom, in the dark. Which, <laughs> which I think Tom Brady has, but not in maybe the ways you'd expect. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, they they don't really kind of because they they do they do make a big deal of Pele. They even yeah. talk about because they say um, that he would Maradona briefly. I, I don't even recall Maradona, but I, I recall him saying, "Well, if you didn't have that, I think the English guy said, well, if it wasn't for Pele, mm. Brazil would never have won the World Cup.' In. And obviously, yeah. obviously, they won it three times in order to keep the trophy. Keep the trophy, you know, the jewels from eight. So he's mentioned, but nobody else. You know, mm. So that's interesting. Mm. That's great because they also do mention other box. They mention other sports people as well. They're like Muhammad mm. Ali and stuff have done more to bring people together. Yeah. It maybe mention some footballers." Maybe mentions in football. Because yeah. with Maradona, they, Argentina won the World Cup. Yeah. Uh, but didn't really get much of a look in there, mm. other than Pele. So, so that would have been a great moment to have shown in a movie because it was England getting bet by Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting them to show every uh, occasion of England getting knocked <laughs> out of the World Cup, losing yeah. their penalties. Like, oh, they're showing the Euros as well. And always a reaction shot of somebody dropping. Whatever did happen to Southgate? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think that, that about wraps us up, unless there's anything else anybody else wants to talk about. Um, so, in the meantime, thank you for stopping, guy, uh, stopping by, guys. Uh, it was great thank to you. have you. Um, and if people are looking for a bit more Babu or a bit more Chris in their lives, or even if you just want to plug something, if there's something that you're interested in that you've sort of you've seen and you want to share with the listeners, what would that be? Just myself. Uh, just yeah, you can find me on Twitter on Chris Lavi Six. Cool, that's some very FIFA style. Yeah, uh, yeah, really it's all about me. That's yeah. what I've learned. Yeah, today. that's what we've taken away from this. <laughs> Don't let anybody stop you living your dreams. Hell Chris. no. Uh, well, I, I've tried my best now in the last couple of years just to wipe myself from social media. So the blog's not really there anymore. Nothing's there really. So, but I have been told there is a World Cup be- taking place in the next two weeks. So if anybody's interested what? in that. I need friends to go and watch it with. So there's uh, two uh, World to, Cups taking just, place. Just, I think is is the women's World Cup as well. Damn it! Did you guys not pay any attention to what <laughs> Seth Matter was preaching? <laughs> Damn it, guys! Maybe it's, it's concurrent, is it? But anyway, the World Cup's on, so yeah, that's what. So you can get your United Passions uh, up about yeah. the World Cup. To continue the theme of United Passions, uh, we're going to plug the podcast now. So you know. If you want the story of two very hardworking people who just want to bring the world together through the power of podcasting with maybe slightly less corruption, but you know, I'm not possibly going to say. I have some suspicions, but I, I couldn't possibly comment on where the money's gone. You can follow the 250 at, at the 250. You can listen to us on Stitcher, on iTunes. You can find us directly on SoundCloud. Uh, if you like us, please feel free to leave uh, a positive review. Uh, if you don't like us, I'm sure that there'll be headlines about myself or Andrew being arrested for massive corruption just on the release of this podcast. Yeah, believe in us, invest in us. We will take your money. Yeah. <laughs> All right, take it easy, guys. Uh, we'll be back next week when we'll be talking about the Orson Welles film, A Touch of Evil. Um, oh, it's a great film. I'm really looking forward to that. We, 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 we teased this in our last episode, Yojimbo, mm. which, uh, with, 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 with Chris here. Um, this is not the, uh, the Juggalo um, <laughs> panic movie. No, no, it's not the Juggalo panic movie. This is the greaser teddy boy panic movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, we'll be back talking about that next week with some great guests, we hope. And take it easy. We'll see you guys. Bye. 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 Bye.